3: Tonight, the revolution
0: begins. I'm expecting a fight, hoping for a war. We are the mulligan! I am the greatest living
2: professional wrestler alive. One by one, they will all
0: follow me. Bada boom. Realest guys in a row. How you know? It's Mr. Money
3: in the Bank, Seth Rollins.
0: Could this be the dawning of a new era in NXT? Finn Balor is NXT champion. Here comes Balor
3: connecting!
0: That's it! Two Gross!
2: Balor can't make the cover. Think of the pain that Balor's in, and no! Lights out! Pop a powerbomb!
3: Here is your win. Ladies and gentlemen, wrestling to the mat! And your hosts, Gary Vaughn, Sean Garmer, and Paul Deiser. Hello.
4: This is Wrestling to the Max episode 136 part 2. And, uh, yeah, hey, Paul, we got your name right in the intro finally.
5: Yay! (laughs) 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 Took a little while, didn't it, Paul? But it (laughs) happens. So, yeah, it'd take a lot of everybody else that listens to the podcast a long time to. You know, probably figure out this this is the right, correct way since we've been doing that for such a long time. But, you know, eh, there you go. Um, Well, Sean, man, we have got a great show lined up for everybody. Of course, if you do not know why we are doing this part two, we are doing part two because in Tuesday's show, we did not cover any of the regular reviews besides WWE. We covered Raw. We covered WrestleMania preview. We did it a lot. We had uh, some great guests on that show. But man, we did not get a chance to talk Lucha Underground. We didn't get a chance to talk about TNA impact. And of course, this week's NXT that happened, we're gonna cover. So we've got a lot of stuff to jump into. We got two Lucha Undergrounds, two TNAs, and of course. This past week's NXT. Great stuff. A lot of stuff to talk about. Plus, guys, we have some quick hits that we want to jump into. You know, on Tuesday's show, we'll probably have a lot more quick hits since it is going to be following WrestleMania. Um, so that's why we're going to go ahead and cover some news tonight. But it is so glad to have everybody on. And, Sean, why don't you go ahead and let everybody know how they can reach us?
4: Yeah, if you want to call in right now, you can use that nine seven two five nine one eight six two zero number or you can... Get on Skype and search Wrestling to the Max and find us there if you don't like using your phone to call people. You know, rather use your computer or something. Yeah. Uh, you can also uh, follow along on that Facebook group. The link is in there, the Wrestling to the Max Facebook group. Or you can hit us up on Twitter at Wrestling to the Max. You said hashtag Wrestling to the Max to talk about us. Talk to, with us about anything. Man, I am usually actually getting good at this thing and now I'm just stumbling over myself. That's just great. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah. So I think that's that's about it. Well,
5: and the thing is, and I think we can allow our listeners as well if they want to do hashtag W two M. I know that's a little bit easier uh, to type into. We could do Wrestling to the Max or W two M. I think both. Some
4: reason somebody I think owns part of that or something do they
5: so, really okay well maybe yeah. don't listen to me listen to sean then. if they I know do, it's it's uh, like
4: w2m with something else so okay yeah but, that's why i had to start using that. ah
5: okay well then there you go that I, we don't want to be on some kind of a computer programming you know group or something like that so i mean
4: all that really happens is that it confuses people with them so. yeah <laughs> And you, either way, the only reason, only way it even works is the hashtag has to trend. So, <laughs>
5: ah, yeah, that's true. It's good, you make a good point there. But you know, anyway, well, enough of that, guys. You know, I, I'm so excited. We are, you know. I I'm less than 24 hours away from WrestleMania as we sit right now. Now, if you're listening to this later, if you're listening to this on Monday, post WrestleMania, I'm sorry, but right now, as we record this, it is leading up to WrestleMania. And, and I just want to know, are you guys really getting that antsy feeling, getting anticipated and getting just a little bit more excited since it's right here on the cusp of WrestleMania 31?
1: Uh, I certainly am. I, I've read a lot of stuff about people not being excited just because the build hasn't been the greatest, but it's WrestleMania. Come on now. It's the one weekend a year. You're supposed to get excited. Mm -hmm.
5: It's a holiday, right? I mean, really? (laughs) It's like, well, you know, this year's Christmas is going to be different because you know, uncle Joe's not here and it's kind of a bummer, but it's still Christmas. You're still going to get gifts. You're still going to be able to enjoy the time. Yeah. Uncle Joe's the life of the party, but you know, it happens, you know, so I'm kind of right there with you, Paul. I mean, you know, it's probably not the best lineup you've ever had at WrestleMania, but at the same time, the anticipation of the big surprises, all the celebrities, everything that involves the set—there's so many great things that happened during this time uh, to look forward to. So, uh, what about you, Sean? What are you What are you thinking about here?
4: I mean, I had to be the one to do the big roundtable for one and posting stuff for uh, on last word on sports about WrestleMania, doing Hall of Fame profiles and stuff that. That kind of got me into it, you know, and I think also watching those WrestleMania, I watched one WrestleMania today, I haven't watched the other one, just, just everything, you know, that encompasses it, I think there was a lot of people complaining about the whole, well, it's just WrestleMania, that, that vibe that you get when you just say, oh, this is WrestleMania, I'm supposed to be excited, that's what's killing the business, like, that's why everything is the way it is, well, you know, it's, it, it's WrestleMania. That's what you you get excited. What happened last year, right? We were kind of we weren't feeling like it wasn't meh, kind of like how we've been feeling until the last couple of weeks. But the card didn't sell us that that much, you know. But then when we got to the actual show in it, you know, floored us. You know, that's when it all changes. It doesn't really matter. It's like one of those. Uh, I I don't know how how you can really compare it to much of anything else. But it's just like. I guess when you're not that hyped for that movie that you're going to watch, and then you go in and you watch it and you go, oh, crap, wow, that was good, you know?
3: Mm -hmm.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great example of that is, you know, we just talked about this on Tuesday, so I'm not going to blow everybody up about this again, but – Uh, That whole YouTube video, Wrestling Isn't Wrestling, you know, I honestly put it on the shelf because I just thought, eh, it's just a little bit of a craze, people are just liking it. But when Sean texted me, said, you need to watch it, I said, I'm going to sit down and watch it. I was a lot more happier after I did watch it, and it just took me actually forcing myself to do it. So you're right, Sean. I mean, I I think people, if they're second-guessing watching WrestleMania or they're putting it off, you know, oh, I'm not going to watch it until later. Eh, you know, maybe rethink that. Maybe give it a chance at least because there's lots of times we'll go into a show not expecting much and get a lot out of it. So, um, But, you know, I- I'm just like you guys. I'm ready for it. I- I'm getting excited about it, and uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, another reason kind of getting excited about it, I did get a chance to check out part of the Hall of Fame. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch all of it. Sean has watched all of it, and Paul, I don't believe, has watched any of it yet. So we're not gonna talk Hall of Fame just yet. We're gonna save that to the Tuesday show. That way all of us have a chance to watch all of the different, you know, induction speeches and you know, all everything that encompasses the Hall of Fame. So if you don't hear us talk about that tonight, that's because we are saving that till Tuesday show uh, and, and that'll be great. And we're looking forward to it. And we'll probably have somebody else. And um, we're really hoping tonight, and Sean will have to let me know if this does happen, we're really hoping that Chris Limsky does call tonight. Uh, he is actually in California right now at WrestleMania 31. Uh, he will be uh, calling in, hopefully, to tell us about the NXT event and all the other festivities going on around him and you know everything that's happening. We're hoping this happens now. He's on California time. Uh, he's two hours before us, three hours before Sean. So, I mean, it's going to be something where we're kind of waiting to see if we can get a hold of him, but if it happens, great. If we can't, Hey, we'll live. So, um, well guys, why don't we go ahead and move on from here? Uh, we'll go ahead and do some quick hits first, like always, and then, uh, we'll jump into the rest of our show.
3: It's time for wrestling news. Quick hit.
5: All right, guys. Well, you know what? You know, I did mention NXT briefly. I just want to mention this first. Uh, We do have the winner of the NXT tournament to name the NXT star to represent at uh, the WWE's Andre the Giant battle royal at WrestleMania 31, and that is Hideo Itami. He beat Finn Balor to move on and to get a chance to be at WrestleMania 31 in that big match. What do you think about this? I know me and Sean uh, predicted it. I kind of pig- you know piggybacked on Sean's prediction a little bit there. I kind of liked his thought process on it. But what are your feelings about Hideo Itami being the representative? Uh, I mean obviously it's great news
1: for him. He gets a whole a much larger platform to debut here in America. Um I, I don't know if the Battle Royale is the best way maybe to debut him, but it, it'll certainly be something that fans of Japan can latch on to. It'll certainly be something surprising that people who maybe don't know who this guy is yet to learn who he is. So I mean it's good news. I just I'm not dead sure this is the best way to use a Tommy, but here we are.
5: <laughs> now I, I want to pose this question to you, Paul, because you are uh, honestly uh, big in Japanese wrestling. You you've studied it, you've watched a lot of it. Do you think that WWE has chosen Hideo Itami to be in this spot, to be on one of the biggest stages, because of the fact that right now Japanese re- Japanese wrestling, especially in New Japan, is pretty hot within the wrestling community. Do you think that's the reason or are there other reasons that, you know, they,
3: uh, the other
1: reason I'm sure is, you know, cause of, uh, Fujinami going into the hall of fame today, yesterday, whenever, whatever time it is right now, I don't have a watch in front of me, but, uh, <laughs> I'm sure that also has something to do with it. And, and, you know, it's just WrestleMania is a world spanning event. So the
5: more cultures you can cater to the better, I'm sure. Yeah. I definitely understand that, you know, and it's great. It's really cool for, you know, especially all the Japanese fans that'll be showing up to this WrestleMania to get a chance to see a representative of not only, you know, MXT, but their culture. So, um, but Sean, you actually chose Hideo Itami to win this, you know, tournament uh, and to make it to this Battle Royal. So, what were your thoughts when you heard the news?
4: Oh, I was excited, I think. uh, Well, I wasn't too excited because we had heard that they moved the Battle of Oil to the pre-show. So I'm not happy about this because I don't care that it's on the network. It's still separated on the network. Just like it would be on a DVD, just like it would be on anything else. The pre-show is separate from the main show. Mm -hmm. So I don't really think that that's the greatest thing in the world. You're going to debut this Japanese superstar, you have a guy, that a Japanese legend going in, in your Hall of Fame. He already went in, but he, they'll show him at WrestleMania with all the other ones, you know. It's just, I think it's almost like a sort of slap in the face. I get that they needed to have this battle royal on the pre-show because supposedly timing issues or whatever, but why not... Do Tyler breeze then or something that just not if you're gonna you're gonna pick somebody that that big that reaches such a global appeal I think it's cool that you do it on the main show
5: mm-hmm. you know I get that so well um, hey everybody we do have Chris Lynch on the line hey man how's it going
6: oh it's going pretty good uh, here in in San Jose and having a damn good fuck, damn good time
5: Awesome, man. So uh, what did you get a chance to do today? Did you get a chance to do anything special?
6: Uh, no, today I just pretty much relaxed. I uh, went crazy last night. Went to NXT and afterward, afterwards we had a little mini party afterwards and it was, it was a lot of fun.
5: Oh, that's great. Now tell us about this NXT show. I mean, what, what were the biggest parts of it? Maybe give us some tidbits about that.
6: It felt like it, it was probably the most fun I've ever had at a wrestling show in a long while. It felt like, it literally felt like an indie show. when I was there, like every the entire card, everybody like referees, um, he faces heels. Everybody was over. It was just such a great feeling, and to see five thousand people cheering for NXT is such a surreal sight. And you can tell that it's it, like the wrestlers weren't expecting it either because. When they when they came out, they they had like a little twinkle in their eyes, kind of like, "Holy shit, we we made this happen."
5: <laughs> that is awesome, man! I love to hear that. And uh, you know, we heard you know uh, a little bit of information, but we were just talking about Hideo Itami and the fact that he made it uh, to WrestleMania through the tournament. But did he do something special at this event at NXT that everybody's been waiting
6: for? Oh yeah, he teased and then finally hit a certain GTS go to sleep, and it was wonderful. the The pop that ever the pop that it happened it felt like a like a legit WrestleMania pop. It was nuts.
5: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. I'm so glad to hear that. You know, hopefully we'll be seeing him do that on the uh, you know on a regular basis, man. So, um, you know, I, I'm just kind of curious. So so who who was the most over guy? I mean, you said everybody was pretty much over, but it, did one certain guy get the most praise and accolades? I know Finn Balor is probably a popular guy. It
6: was, it was Finn. I, I think it was, Finn had to be the most over.
5: Wow. That is so awesome. I mean, you know, I was just telling the guys – uh, before we got on the, the podcast tonight, I said, you know, I've seen Finn Balor plenty of times, heard his music. Right now, I am hooked on Finn Balor's music. I don't know why, <laughs> but it is <just> stuck <laughs> in my head. And I'm sure seeing him live and getting to hear it live, that's pretty awesome. So, um, you know, we know that Kevin Owens is injured, but uh, did he at least be able to get out there and cut a promo or anything like yeah, that? Yeah,
6: uh, Sami Zayn cut a promo saying that he was very excited that NXT has gotten this far. he yeah, he mentions he named it Cezara, which got a huge pop out of the crowd. And then Kevin Owens came out and they kind of uh, had a dueling promo. Owens said, like, you know, you're in NXT for two years, but I did this in about two months. So, he's are okay. for continuing later on.
5: Yeah, wow. Well, that must have been really neat. I mean, uh, just to see Sami Zayn out there, and, and, and because we haven't seen him in a little while, at least on the uh, tapings that they've shown us. So, it's probably really cool to see him. Um, Well, what what did you think about uh, some of these other uh, aspects? Now, Now, how long was this NXT show that you actually saw? Was it an
6: hour, two hours?
5: Three and a half hours.
6: Wow. Yeah, yeah. Like, Sasha and Charlotte went on, like, 17 minutes, and it was incredible.
5: Wow, that is great. Now, were there anybody else in the crowd that was maybe part of the main roster or maybe any, anybody that you saw um, that wasn't really a normal part of NXT?
6: Well, I mean, there's yeah, there's a bunch of, like, main roster guys. But the, the coup de grace of the, quote, unquote, main roster guys is when Triple H goes to the back. I'm right, I was right by, like, the, like, where the agents were and Trips and Stephanie. So Trips goes to the back before Baron Corbin comes out. So he grabbed Vince to let him watch Baron Corbin's match. And Vince had the hugest grin when Baron Corbin came out, so that should tell you something.
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky?
2: In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>
4: well, of course, uh, any big guy that he gets to see come out, he's, you know, having a hard on, so he's fine.
6: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can see, like, Vince going and looking like, he's big, damn it. Put him on the road, damn
5: it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Sean, Sean was telling me that Vince was actually watching the... You know, as part of this show. And I was thinking to myself, I said, oh God, now Bull Dempsey's going to be over, and then you're going to see Finn Balor in the mid card. So, you know, <laughs> that's what, you know, Vince likes. You know, he likes
6: those big guys. Yeah, he actually watched Chips uh, run him back out for Balor's entrance, too. Like, Vince was about to leave. Because he stayed from Corbin's match. He watched the the, the Sasha Shaw match, and he was about to leave because he was getting late. Then Trips, I can literally see Trips say him, hey, stay for this guy's entrance. And he watched Finn's entrance and he looked impressed.
5: Wow. Now, uh, you know, he didn't come out painted this time, did he?
6: Yeah, no, he did. He went to full on regalia. Painted the worst.
5: Oh, that is awesome. Oh, wow. <laughs> So, that, I mean, I'm just excited to hear that he did do the pain in front of Vince because, you know, you'd be kind of curious to see what Vince's reaction was. And if Vince is smiling about that, that's great news.
6: <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, I literally think it, come Monday he's debuting.
5: Oh, really? You think so?
6: I think he's the, the NXT debut on Monday. It would make sense. So they'd be the right crowd for it. And especially now after watching it live, he is the, like, The only one, like, they're all all good, but he's the only one, like, really ready for that main roster. Mm -hmm. When he comes out, he just feels like a star.
5: Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, Paul, Sean, do you guys have any questions for Chris or anything you wanted to add? No, I got all my questions in last night whenever I was talking to him when he was at the
1: show. Oh, okay. (laughs) <laughs> That's oh, fine. See,
4: but now you're like oh, the audience used to hear all these questions. I
1: like, know. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty much the stuff Gary was asking.
4: Like.
6: Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, I, it was. It was a lot of fun. I met a lot of cool people. I, you know, I said hello to Steph and Trips, which is kind of surreal thinking about it. Uh, I got a picture of little Nate, which is awesome. It was. It was a. It's a good. It's a really good start to a fun trip. <laughs>
5: Wow. So you know, you said you saw them. Did you see anybody else out on the town? You know, just kind of walking around. Maybe someone you didn't approach.
6: Uh, J.R. Monroe, uh, Scott Hall, and x Fox were there. Um, Taker peered his head out from backstage. It's like I, for like a split second, I looked over. I was like, holy shit, it's Taker! So
5: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh man, so.
6: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was bit kind of funny uh, since since Vince was watching the show from like in the back. Um, like when Chips, Chips came out, like he actually came out in the ring, and he said like, "Even Vince McMahon's here," and he kind of pointed to where Vince. was, then Vince like started sprinting to the back because he didn't want anybody to see him.
3: <laughs>
6: <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh wow, that is awesome. So, I mean, I mean, you've been to plenty of WrestleManias. You've been to, you know, uh, around, you've been around a lot of the WrestleMania crowds. Do you feel like this crowd is really excited about this WrestleMania? Because honestly, let's just be honest, a lot of the world <laughs> on the internet, everywhere you hear people are saying, I don't care, I'm not excited, the card's not impressing me. Do you feel like people around you in California are really are excited?
6: I mean, they're excited to be a part of the crowd. But, uh, cause last night uh, the show, there was a Better Than Mania chant started, and it got loud. Wow.
4: I've never been a fan of those chants, honestly. I always think it's a little <laughs> bit too... the crowd getting too cute. But yeah. It is what it is, you know?
5: So, well, man, I mean, I I know you're excited about uh, WrestleMania 31. I know you'll be getting a chance to to enjoy all of it live and in person. Uh, Will you be, uh, you know, doing anything special tomorrow before the event? Do you have anything lined up?
6: Uh, Before the event? No, not really. Just going to head my way to the stadium and get some merch and just kind of get ready for the show.
5: That's a good idea. You know, in a stadium, I, I've never been there. Of course, it's pretty new, but um, I hear the Wi-Fi is amazing, so you shouldn't have any problems posting pictures, sending tweets, oh, doing yeah. all that great stuff. Yeah, they've – the NFL um, – you know has done a lot of things and so the 49ers have kind of set a lot of that up they're prepared so you guys everybody in the crowd should have plenty of good service and uh especially internet service so um and they probably have charging stations for your phone in case you're losing some juice so um, well man i mean uh i hate to tie you up chris i mean you're welcome to stay with us but i know you're probably out there and you've got to go places um so it's up to you, man, if you want to hang with us. We were going to talk some NXT. Uh,
6: unfortunately, i gotta, I got to get going, but I will definitely be on next time to discuss uh, WrestleMania 31 and my reaction to that.
5: Oh, awesome. Well, thanks All a right. lot, Chris. We really appreciate you calling in from California. Once again, this is our Adam Schefter, the fourth co-host of the show, Chris Lemski. Man, have a great time tomorrow, and we'll be talking to you soon, buddy.
6: All right, guys. See you soon.
5: Later, buddy. Wow, that is such a treat, man, just to get a chance to talk to Chris. Someone who is there you know is live and in person with WrestleMania. So that is a, such a cool thing. And thank you to Chris once again for calling in. We'll be talking to him on Tuesday. So Hopefully well, we look,
4: didn't lose uh-huh. any of that. I my computer started being weird.
5: Oh <laughs> I hope not either, man. That'd be a bummer. Uh you know what, you know, Chris may actually get a chance to see a big, huge Hollywood superstar tomorrow. And this may be controversial for a lot of people and for others. Very, very exciting. Um, there are rumors going around right now that the rock could be making an appearance at WrestleMania. He made mention to someone on, I think it was Twitter or some social media that, uh, said someone asked him the question, would you be at WrestleMania? And he goes, well, you better be watching the network. So there's a lot of people thinking, okay, will he be interrupting the main event? Will he be helping Roman Reigns win the WWE championship? Uh what, what will be happening here? You know, that's the question. What do you guys expect though? Do you expect to see Rock? Because I mean if the rumors are true about him being against brock Lesnar at WrestleMania thirty two, this seems kind of appropriate.
1: Uh you know I wouldn't be surprised to see him there in the least uh obviously Anything that they can do to already start building interest, to start filling up that building for 32, they're going to do it. Uh, Now, whether he's actually going to help Reigns or not, I don't know. Whether he's going to just mess with Brock, I don't know. Or whether he's just going to come down and cut a promo saying he's going to be a 32, I don't know. But uh, it'll be interesting if he is there, to say the least.
4: I'd expect him to be there. Uh, I... I really hope it's not that he gets involved directly in the finish because, for one, if you're going to have Roman win, it doesn't make him look strong to have Brock have to help him. You know, just... We don't need a repeat of the Royal Rumble. We already got the reaction. We got the Royal Rumble. If we going to have the same ending again, except it's him beating Brock, I mean, I just think that's kind of crappy. And if he does get involved in the finish, if it kind of ruined Paul's... Uh, Prediction because I imagine if rocks out there Rollins is not going to decide to show up so mm-hmm. I, I I, I, Don't care if he shows up like after I just If you're gonna have Rock retain and then rock shows up at the end, okay cool um, But it just like there's a bunch of scenarios that it kind of messes up if if he does show up, so
5: yeah uh, that's true. I totally agree with that. I mean, my my thing about this is is The Rock is nowhere near a guy that can be full-time, part-time. He's so limited on his schedule that, I mean, if you do anything, you tease anything, it's not going to be effective, if you ask me personally, unless he has a big break here somewhere where he can be on brawl the next night and maybe do some cameos here and there. But I just, I fear that if he gets involved in that main event and does anything, there will be nothing for another three months and then he'll reappear, make some trash talk. And I just don't see that being a good thing. I I just, if he shows up, I want him to be showing up to support Roman Reigns, not necessarily to get involved in the match, just to be a support system. Um, And if anything happens, it can be something where it's after the match or, you know, Something where it doesn't involve him having to come on maybe Raw the next night. Let's just say it that way. So I mean, who's to know? Seeing the Rock would be great. Don't get me wrong. If you guys are upset because I'm saying that, but the Rock is awesome. Love to see the guy. But I just don't want him getting involved in storylines. He can't help. So
4: it's just uh, also it's just like one of those where we have enough old guys already on the card as it is. Um, not that the Rock's like old or anything but just we we don't need another established like older name showing up when we already have enough of them even if it's at the end it's just like we need to let you know we already know Wrestlemania 32 is probably going to be filled with more older attractions again because I got to sell this big-ass stadium or whatever but it's just like let these young guys breathe a little bit you know
5: mm-hmm oh, I agree you know and i think that's the thing about this year they're really trying to push that hey this is the year that some of these young guys are going to get to showcase you know and do as much as they can to to prove their abilities and you know this is pretty much the almost the bridge to the future um and that's what we're trying to see here Talking about the future, let's talk about Daniel Bryan because Daniel Bryan, you know, of course, last year was a headliner, won the WWE Championship last year at WrestleMania 30, and this year he's all the way down to the big card fighting for the IC Championship this year in the ladder match. So it's kind of a fall from grace, if you, you know, ask me. It's not by design because, really honestly, this happened because he had a major injury. Um, They weren't sure if he was even going to wrestle again. And so talking about all those facts and talking about some of the thought process behind the scenes, I think WB is a little bit afraid to put Daniel Bryan back in the uh, main event picture, especially with the title of not knowing his future right now with the surgeries and, of course, some of the other alternative medicines that Daniel Bryan has decided to use to get healthy again apparently W B is just kind of thinking this could be more short short term. His injuries could come back. We're just a little too nervous. Now I wanna know what you guys think about this because do you think the W B is just putting him a kind of on a probation period here? Let him go a year. Can he survive through the, you know, hustle and bustle and then maybe putting back to the main event picture? Or do you think this is kind of a permanent thing?
1: Uh I'm sure See, okay, this is the confusing part, because if they are concerned about him for his health, that's great. But why are you putting him in a ladder match, you know? I just, uh, you know, I mean, here's, maybe... The
4: correlation there doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, Exactly, it just, it, it seems to fly in the face of that logic. So, I'm assuming the plan is either, yes, they are trying to take it easy, and just Debray won't be taking... As many bumps as you might have seen him, maybe if he never got in the neck injury, obviously. Or they're just throwing him in the deep end. Here you go, and let's see what happens.
4: I think if that's their logic, for him not to win the IC title, I think that's stupid. Um, What, just because he would wrestle more? He's still going to wrestle anyway. He's one of your prime attractions. Well, you're going to leave him off a bunch of Raw's and a bunch of SmackDown's because... He's not the champion now. It's just like, just tell him to to cool it in some of his matches, you know, and he can still be champion and bring the prestige and all that kind of stuff. I mean, look, it's not like any of those other guys don't deserve to have it or don't deserve to win it or couldn't do the same thing. It's just like, you know, you're not going to give him a chance at having the WWE title again for a while. Let him see what he can do with this, you know. Let him see if you can build up a mid-card again with him being the head of it. You know, I don't see what the wrong... Uh, What's wrong in that?
5: Well, I mean, I I totally see what you're talking about here. I I think really the guys in the back, you know, especially probably Vince himself, you know, they see a smaller guy, which I think in Vince's eyes means weak guy. uh, And he's probably assuming that, you know, eventually down the road, this is going to just all fall apart on Daniel Bryan. Uh, especially when he puts him in a match like this, the ladder match where a lot of guys who were even big, small, anything, come out really, really hurt. Um, This is not really particularly the safest match for anyone. And so I think that he's thinking, well, I'm just going to throw him right into the fire, and if he comes out okay, maybe I can trust him a little more. But, I mean, it just seems to me that you know Vince is probably being a little hard-headed here, and I think maybe Daniel Bryan is too because Daniel Bryan's accepting it, He's taking it despite the fact that he knows the risks. I mean, we saw when Daniel Bryan had his match with Luke Harper and WWE, you know, told him, you know, hey, you need to change your move set, you need to change some things and Daniel Bryan refused to do that. I I think we got a little bit of hard-headedness going back and forth, but do you guys think that
1: I re- uh, there was I can't re- uh, he did an interview with somebody recently. I remember reading the snippets of it on four one one and essentially he wants to work as close to the same style as he can one because he he said he's stubborn and two because he likes he likes being working the way that he does uh he doesn't want to go out there and just sort of short shortcut everybody who's come to expect a certain level of work from him and all, all that good stuff which is fine i can totally respect that too and he also said that the wwe doesn't he doesn't think they have that confidence in him to be that marketable guy as the as the number one guy you know with the belt and everything so uh which is utter horse crap because obviously the whole any fan base that you go to now in the w w e in America is over he's over with them. you know he's getting a lot of reactions so that, that's utter horse crap anyways, but at any rate i I just you know. There's a part of Daniel Bryan that I think wants to prove that he can succeed no matter what, and that's that's the part that's driving him to maybe maybe second second cut his or undercut his health in some ways you know
4: Yeah, I can agree with that completely you know you want to he shouldn't feel I mean I'm glad that he has a drive that he wants to keep doing stuff because he could easily just sit on the whole okay I had in a moment. Let me just coast through a couple more years to get my money and leave or whatever, but he's a wrestler first and he wants to be doing something in the wrestling company. If it's not getting himself somewhere, it's getting some of the other guys somewhere, you know, and he he probably does feel like just what Paul said that that feeling of, hey, I know I can get back up there again. Just take that. I mean, that's what you have to do, really, in any kind of workplace. You keep doing what you do. If you have a drive. Sometimes injuries happen, sometimes things happen, somebody has to quit, you have to take, you know, a bigger role, and you take that role, and you run with it, you know, it's the people that like to be complacent, and don't care what happens, I'm not going to step up and do anything, that's the ones that don't go anywhere, the ones that take every opportunity given to them, take advantage of things, and say, okay, let let me move with this, and that's all Brian has to do, the next time, somebody goes down brian's there and he's been still as over as he is they they have to use him who else are they going to put there
5: That mm-hmm. uh, that is true you make a lot you both make a lot of great points and uh, yeah I, I believe that daniel Bryan is definitely a guy that you know despite the fact that he may not do everything you know to let's just say this he works hard but he's not promoting himself to the way the crowd is celebrating him. Uh, it, it's almost like he is just living this life and the crowd is just accepting him and just loving him. And um, I'm really curious to see if this year we're going to get more.
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? ha! in my
2: dentist's office.
5: For those ending of WrestleMania, yes, chance of people walking around and, you know, get some of that. I'm I'm really kind of curious how that's going to work out because I think the fans are still wanting Daniel Bryan to be in that main event picture. And uh, I'm just, you know, I'm sure they can let their voice be heard. Let's just say it that (laughs) way. Um, well, you know what, we have another guy, you know, that is gonna be wrestling this Sunday at WrestleMania and that is sting. Now we've all been speculating on, you know, how sting is going to fare in this match against triple H, you know, is he going to be the sting of maybe, you know, two years ago, five years ago, is he going to look better since he's lost weight? How is this all going to work out? And, And the biggest question is, is this his last match? Now, Sting recently came out and said that, you know, he's not sure what the plans are for the future with him. If WWE wants him back, if he's willing to come back, maybe even for a survivor series, but he says right now, as it stands, this is his last match. So what, what, you know, I know we don't have crystal balls here. I know we really can't, you know, look into the future, but what do you expect? Do you really think that we are going to get a chance to see sting again? Or do you really feel like this is the finality? Uh,
1: you know, I only think he's saying this because if the only other plan for staying after Triple H is the Undertaker and the Undertaker has a big question mark over his head as far as health goes, I'm pretty sure he's trying to cover his base because I I don't know who else they would want to put him in the ring with outside of maybe Cena at some point. Um, and that's even if he feels like he can, he has another match in him, you know, because it's not like he's a spring chicken either, you know?
5: Mm-hmm. Like, 57 years old, I believe. Like, he just yeah. celebrated his 57th birthday.
4: Yeah, he'll be getting close to 58 by the time, you know, if it's in April next year. It is in April next year, so he'll be 58 by the time he wrestles. You know? mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I don't like, you know, if that's all he wants to do is he's dead set on Undertaker and that's it. You know, and and I don't blame him, really. I mean, that's the match everybody wants to see. Yeah, it's about... 10, 15 years too late. Uh, but, you know, I will withhold my judgment if he works... If he, if I see him work fine against Triple H, I don't see uh, why not the same can happen with The Undertaker a year later. Um, I'm also interested in the... That's why I'm interested in the Undertaker-Ray match because whatever undertaker Bray match we get, that will probably be the likelihood of a Sting-Undertaker match because Sting is not... You know this great, pure wrestling guy. Either you know he's—it's sort of what Bray. What we're gonna see with Bray. You know, so mm-hmm. that's what's so intriguing about these two matches. Can we get the Sting and Undertaker? And supposedly there's already rumors of them both being booked for Raw. You know, so um, obviously WWE's thinking about it. But uh, obviously it'll have to be on how Taker feels and how Sting feels. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope it's not his last match. I hope we get the Even if it's them staring at each other and the lights go out and then they're not there anymore. If that's all we get at WrestleMania 32, whatever, you know, we got them to get a <laughs> stare down with each other. I don't, you know, just just want that little moment with them, you know.
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, and I really do think your best chance that is that Monday Night Raw following WrestleMania, that's probably your best chance, you know. Uh, usually that's some of the most exciting television you get is that night after, and I think that would be a big, big moment for all the fans. Um, so I
4: mean, I think that would be cool, you know, the whole, you know, let's say Undertaker does lose, and Undertaker comes out and says, oh, I'm retiring or whatever, and then Sting says, hey, no, 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 wait, how about one more match with me, you know, just...
5: Mm-hmm. That it's would be boy, great. it
4: works.
5: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, you know, they can build a store. They, you, then you have an entire year to build that, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I would, I'd be so excited to see that. I, hope, I really do hope it ends up like that. that just me personally. Um, you know, talking about that, you know, Monday after Raw, you know, and, of course, all the, you know, Raw's following, you know, that. You know, I think that WWE is going to have a lot of things that will be changing up a little bit. Of course, uh, Chris alluded to, you know, maybe Finn Balor will be making his debut uh, and some other big events will be happening. Uh, One thing, though, that we're hearing is that apparently the Divas division is going to be given more of a chance. That's right. That hashtag must have worked. You know, hashtag give Divas a chance because, The rumor going around is that the divas are going to get more time. The storylines are going to be more intricate. They're going to give them a lot more than they've been doing. It's not just a two minute match here and then you're done. They're going to actually give these divas time in the ring and actually get a chance to put themselves over with a crowd. So I want to know what you guys think. Is this too little too late or is this about the right time they can build on this and they can move on to the future? Uh, you know, it's tricky
1: with these guys, because obviously you already have a crowded roster, your track record with bringing up guys and girls um, from NXT still isn't great, uh, so when it comes to the Divas division, and you're already struggling to keep people interested in that, even though they've done a pretty okay job, I think, these last couple of weeks with them, uh, you know, I just, you gotta be nervous for any time, that they're going to try to reinvest in something because you don't know how long it's going to last. They've done this with the tag division before they've done it with the divas division before, and they'll seemingly abandon it at random. So hopefully it means something this time.
4: Yeah. With uh, total Divas season four coming, I think it's like June or July. I don't remember when exactly. I mean, I just think that we've talked about this plenty of times that it just seems so weird and ironic that you pick a reality show to allow these divas to have their time to show their personalities to let them have storylines with each other or whatever and then you try to translate that to a wrestling show where those storylines do not work most wrestling fans do not care about the cattiness between two girls and girls i mean women being Women at, at some points during that show is really what that amounts to at, at times, you know, a lot, and a lot of it also is very scripted in a way. But, you know, just you got to put wrestling into that. You can't build a storyline around something stupid and then go, OK, you guys are just going to wrestle and, and also have like two minute matches at that, you know, because it makes people feel like, what am I investing in? You're, you're telling me to watch this TV show so that I can understand why they're wrestling. That doesn't work. You have to watch the wrestling show to understand why they're wrestling, you know, so you need to give them time to establish why they're wrestling on the wrestling show, and uh hopefully that's what happens, but like Paul said, and we've seen this a gazillion times, they're just- are they gonna really go with this? Is this gonna be something where the moment that rating for that area where the divas match was on doesn't move does Vince just go okay forget it you know not understanding that you have how many years of training people to understand that divas masses mean nothing that's going to take more than three months it's going to take maybe a whole year for people to understand and possibly having Charlotte and Sasha Banks come up and 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 filling out that roster a little bit more to have more of a division around each other to say okay this is what we're presenting to you. Either tell us whether you like this or not.
5: No, mm-hmm. no, I think you're right. And you make a great point. You know, they have trained all the wrestling fans to really just kind of not really care about the divas matches and to make them the second thought. And that's going to be, uh, hard to overcome in the short term. I think that's more of a long term thing. And, Unless you're just a really diehard wrestling fan, you know the casual fans are really going to have to learn a new way of thinking, and that takes time. It really does. So let's hope that not only are the fans patient, but hopefully WWE's patient with the fans. So
4: to their credit, they already did that in the build up to WrestleMania. You know, it's just it's one thing of building up something to WrestleMania and then saying, okay, what that that worked or didn't work. Let's keep that going. You know, Mm -hmm. instead of, oh, well, WrestleMania happened. We can just keep doing what we were doing before because no one's going to care again. So.
5: Oh, man. Well, you know what? Let's hope that uh, WWE fans do care about what, you know, is going to be happening new after this WrestleMania. One of those, though, apparently, guys, is that there will be a new person as a part of the company. I'm sure they'll be joining the NXT ranks pretty soon here. Apparently, former UFC star Phil Baroni is signing with WWE. He had headed to WrestleMania to get a, a contract signed. I don't know if you guys know who he is. I'm not a big UFC guy. Um, so, I mean, but have you guys heard anything about this story and, you know, what do you think about the fact that, you know, you know, we've got Brock Lesnar and of course there'll be some, uh, other UFC guys probably headed towards WB's way. Do you think this is the way to go to sign some former UFC guys? Uh, I, Phil Baroni is not a name that leaps out at me as far as recognition
1: goes. Granted, I'm not into MMA as much as I used to be uh so that might have something to do with it i don't know if going after a lot of mma stars is a great idea uh some of them aren't the greatest at selling themselves when they're trying to be themselves much less when they're trying to be a character uh so i guess we'll just have to see if you think they do have something though because obviously these guys are legitimately trained to fight they're going to be in impressive shape um and some of them might actually have some more name value to them So, I mean, there is something to be had here, I think, but you don't want to, you know, you don't want to go overboard with this and be signing a bunch of MMA guys. You know, you are still a wrestling first promotion, hopefully. Um, So, obviously, I mean, they've had success in the, you know, Ken Shamrock, Dan Severn, if you want to call Dan Severn a success story. Um, You know, so there is precedent. I just, you know, don't go overboard with it.
4: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, just if you're bringing uh, him in, supposedly he cuts a really good promo. That's what I've heard from everybody. Uh, Just, uh, you know, you have to be, you you need to let him train in NXT, figure out what he's got, and then I I just don't think that this is one of those guys you fast-track just because he has the UFC name. I think you need to let him build a character for himself and all that kind of stuff, and then you bring him up. You know, I just think that that's something you can build upon a big match, and once you have him established, at least in NXT or something. Uh, just because he has UFC tagged to his name doesn't mean that he's going to be immediate grabber for the casual crowd. You know, because those crowds don't always mix with each other.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: That is very true, and you know, I'm just kind of curious to see you know what he can do and you know who this guy is. Now, apparently, this guy is the guy that originally had called out cm punk and wanted to fight him in a ufc fight so um you know let's see if he takes on the uh, wrestling world like he wanted to take on cm punk so uh well one last thing guys we'll jump into and this is you know something that's kind of interesting uh WB has signed up and partnered with tap out now this is the clothing line that you know is really popular for the workout clothes and different things like that and uh, um, I'm just kind of curious, you know, how you guys feel about the fact that now it's, you know, how the NFL and the NBA, I'm sure, does they all have deals with Nike and Reebok and these different places, uh, but now these wrestlers are going to have to wear this gear and, you know, probably only wear this gear. They'll probably be in trouble if they're wearing other workout gear uh, and not tap out gear. So, how do you feel about that and how they're kind of making this kind of a uh, almost a mandatory thing? If you ask me. Uh, you know, I don't know if it'll have much
1: difference whenever you're on television. Obviously, it offers up more shirts you can wear, um, but from what I've understood of the deal, it's meant to be their sort of exercise apparel line uh, from ta- uh, with Tap Out. So um, maybe you'll see a couple of guys wearing Tap Out shirts on TV screens, but I'm, I imagine they'll still be wearing the, the WWE t-shirts most of
4: the time. This was more of a whole, like, just that WWE got to kind of go 50 50 with tap out on something and they changed Tap out from being this clothing brand to being like w's like official fitness brand or whatever you know it's just kind of like the nfl and they have their deals with under armor or whoever and you know you can only wear under armor stuff when you're working out or whatever you know that is doing the same thing you can only wear this when you know if you're It's not a big deal. It's just money for WWE, which they need to be making the... You know, I know people were complaining on on the Facebook group about that WWE is only in it for money and that they don't care anymore about anything else. And it's like, well, you know, you got to think about it. They're losing money on the network right now. Millions. Any kind of endorsement deal they can get with somebody, they kind of need to take right now. (laughs) You know, this thing with DraftKings, how it uh, apparently is against... PG and all that, they don't have WWE Fantasy Leagues on DraftKings. It was just an ad deal where WWE goes, uses The Miz to talk about DraftKings for a little bit. You know, it's really not that big a deal. I mean, I, I don't know if, if, let you know, we both got kids, Gary. Is that going to make you be upset that WWE is endorsing betting?
5: No, uh, not to me personally. I think there's worse things that my daughter could see on television. So yeah, uh, it's not like, you know, it's a big alcohol company or, you know, anything like that, you know? So I wouldn't worry about it. Me personally. Uh, I think sometimes people are a little touchy, you know? So, um, well, you know, that pretty much wraps up the well, I news. had a
4: couple of things from oh. the hall of fame. Uh, go ahead. Rikishi had his speech and in his speech, he thanks his entire family. He does not mention too cool at all and Scotty went on Twitter and said uh, well we were three guys that all made each other and one guy doesn't remember that apparently um should Scotty have a issue that him and Grandmaster were not mentioned at all when let's be honest or usually he's using the too cool music he's you know uh Jimmy did the worm right in front of his dad when they did the dance off off the stage a little bit uh, at the end of his speech, I mean, it's obviously uh, an ode to that. So, I mean, you, th- I just think that that's kind of wrong. But uh, what do you guys think?
1: I imagine it's something to do with what we're going to see tomorrow, which is Roman Reigns. Uh, obviously, I, I, I always wonder. How much of this stuff is them, and how much of this stuff is the E saying, hey, maybe mention this a little bit more so you can help us hype up the show tomorrow? And I have a feeling this might have been one of those times where it's the, the latter, where they want them maybe to focus some more on the family aspect that the Samoan family in wrestling has. Um, I mean, it's, uh, does it suck that too cold to get not mention? Yeah, because they were a unit. For a very long time, even though Rikishi is by far the one who got the most exposure uh, and was the biggest star out of those three, even though you could make a, I, I suppose, a small case for Scotty Tuk- uh, Haughty as well, but um, I, you know, it, it's his time to say what he wants to say. If he wants to thank his family more than he wants to think too Cool, then that's his prerogative.
5: Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same way. Uh, it's his speech, you know, he can do what he wants and purposely, you know, leaving those guys out, I'm not so sold on. I mean, I think that he may have either forgotten to write something down. Maybe he skipped over them on accident. I mean, when you're doing those kind of things, it's a little bit nerve wracking. You're in front of all these people. You're trying to, you know, thank everybody. And it's a very, very difficult task. I mean, he purposely may have left them out and I don't know why he would, they were a big part of his success without that group
0: Play for free at
2: LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: You know, how much is Rikishi really the guy? You know, how much is he uh, popular without the dancing and doing all that? You know, I'm not really sure that he is that popular. I'm not sure he gets the Hall of Fame. So I totally get where Scotty's coming from and Grandmaster Sexay. I really understand that, but you know, you got to give the guy a break here, and just hey, you know what? Be happy you were getting a chance to to let people know. Hey, I was with a Hall of Famer, you know, and you know we had a great time.
4: A couple other things. Uh, there was this mask guy wearing a WrestleMania hat and a suit that appeared uh, various times during the red carpet show. Uh, he clearly has this bandana thing over his face so you cannot see who he is you want anybody want to guess as to who it might be or I post um, to the facebook group if you want to go see it but it's i i couldn't tell you can see him a little bit behind the ddp when ddp talks um but this picture that's there is quite more clear i can't really tell how tall he is or anything I was sort of thinking maybe Sting just thing didn't want to be seen there or something. Um, other than that, I mean, I cannot imagine even if an NXT guy was there or something, just don't show him. I mean, why would he need to walk around with a mask on? I mean, just,
5: yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. You know, it's kind of, uh, you know, a big question because why is he doing that? Why is he wearing the mask? Ah, oh, I'm trying to think who that could be. I mean, it could be Sting. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a really good question. It's hard for me to say, though, because, I mean, without any knowledge, without any really president, I, I can't think of anybody else who's trying to hide from us.
4: Joe, maybe?
5: <laughs> he uh, did uh... show up at Jim
4: Ross' uh, one-man show, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. He, he doesn't... on stage with him.
5: Now, see, from the picture I'm looking at right now, I don't see the size. Like I don't see a gut, so I don't know if yeah. it's really Joe. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, to be right. honest with you.
1: The build doesn't really fit Joe looking at the picture. Like, it's, like his Joe is a little bit squattier. This guy has a more defined neck and shoulder thing going on for him. I don't know who it could be. Like, usually guys who go through this much effort to hide their faces are luchadors. Uh, and they usually just wear their masks. So, <laughs> uh, that's a head scratcher on that one.
4: Last thing, uh, other than apparently the the Hall of Fame uses the same... People are making a big deal about this, I don't know why. The Every awards show does this. That the Hall of Fame also uses the whole thing where they tell you to applaud and all that kind of stuff. But Rikishi purposely left Roman Reigns' name last when mentioning his family. And he said it in a way where it purposely seemed like he knew that it was going to get booze. And then a bunch of people decided that it is completely wrong for you to boo at the Hall of Fame ceremony. And it is uncalled for and it's the worst thing ever. It makes you look classless or whatever. Remember that these people are paying to sit in that arena and watch this. Where do you guys draw the line on the whole obviously the Hall of Fame is an award show, but are they allowed to boo and chant and whatever?
1: I mean, we see this at drafts for, you know, football or basketball or whatever. If they don't like somebody, they let you know. Um, they paid to be there. I agree. But, I mean, there's a different feeling. Like, maybe I, maybe it's just us as a community need to realize that it's not about being a smart during the Hall of Fame ceremony. It's about respecting the business and recognizing accomplishments and all this stuff. But if people are going to boo, they're going to boo. That's, that's just how it's going to go, you know?
5: Yeah, this is the wrestling community you're talking about. I mean, they have fun. They're you know really emotional about different things. I mean, look at Larry Zbyszko during his speech. I was kind of surprised a little bit about how much the crowd liked him. I really felt like you know some of his WCW stuff and some of the other things that he did. Maybe people were going to be against him, but they really you know kept chanting his name and things like that. Let's be
4: honest. They were being nice because they he made it a point that he did not prepare a speech and he was rambling.
5: Yeah, he was And
4: obviously lost and they were trying really hard not to, you know, crap on it. So they did the only thing that they could see. This is where people were complaining about the Roman Reigns thing, which really seemed obviously staged. Like WWE basically told him, hey, we want to feel out the crowd. Can you, like, maybe mention Roman Reigns so we can see if he's really going to get booed or not? Like, you know, come on. Can people not think that possibly WWE stages these things or tells them to say certain things in these scripts that they obviously have in their hand? And then Shawn Michaels made a point of ripping it up when, you know, he went on to do his induction? I mean, just, we have to think here that this is WWE's show. And they are not just sitting there going, this is not like it was back in the day where these guys got to sit up there for what seemed like forever each guy and talk their heart out. These are obviously time things. Yeah, this one went four hours. But, you know, it could have, it probably would have gone longer if this was just a DVD thing. So I think, in a way, WWE has this stuff scripted out a little bit here and there. And... Why are we sitting here just going, oh oh, it's we're just horrible people, we're horrible people for booing, like okay, when they booed at Trish for having a husband, okay, that one I thought was a little bit out of line, even though it felt like a little bit of a joke, it know? is, <laughs> but still it was it was kind of like really. Did y'all have to boo with that? But, like, booing Roman Reigns, who is there as a character, we have to remember, these guys get asked about the WrestleMania match on the red carpet. They're not just, they're in suits, but they're still Roman Reigns, the wrestler, a little bit when they're there. They're kind of, like, playing Shades of Grey, somewhat. They're there with their wives and their their girlfriends and and husbands and whatever, but... Why even ask them in a character-driven way in the red carpet about their match at all if this is supposed to be this gala event, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's that fine line you're walking. I think the fans have a – they're not booing Rikishi. They're booing him mentioning Roman Reigns, who's wrestling on the wrestling show, that they're using to promote – they're using this to promote that. You know,
3: just
4: mm-hmm. – I, I don't know. Do y'all get what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. I mean, oh,
3: yeah, yeah it's, it's,
1: it's, it's about, it's not just about recognizing accomplishments anymore at the Hall of Fame ceremony. It's about keeping the show going into what the whole weekend is supposed to be about, which is WrestleMania.
5: Mm-hmm. It's a spectacle like everything else. Mm-hmm. That's when you got access, you have the Elimination Chamber. It's a spectacle at access. But it's also why you have crazy people climbing on top of it and yelling you know boo rains you know that's a spectacle same way it goes here you know it's about what can you do what can we make it oh this speech kind of seems boring well let's add a prop let's do things you know if, if when you watch a lunder blaze she brings up the trash can things like that I mean that's not what you call a classy ceremony that's you know her bringing up a bunch of props uh, well, I so don't
4: blame her though that that speech was the best one of the entire show because she got to go through her whole career and, and she brought the, the old women's woman's belt back and she made a joke about the butterfly belt, not looking that great, which we've also made on this show.
5: Yeah. and, And the great thing too, is the fact that, you know, she, Kind of got the crowd ooing and awing about things. Of course, we got the USA chance because of her husband's in the military uh, and lots of different things. And I was just kind of sh- taken aback. And this is where I got offended. And all the boos towards Eric Bischoff and WCW. I was very highly offended.
4: <laughs> you would be Gary.
5: <laughs> I was like, "How dare you?" So, but you know, they they made up for it by being kind to Larry Zabisco for me. So. Uh
4: true
5: well um unless you have anything else sean um i guess we can move on guys Just, or... uh,
4: be be aware that that connor deal is gonna make you uh that, that's the one the one uh that i will give you the idiot that was sitting there whatting the dad of <laughs> connor you can go kiss my ass uh but yeah, that that speech, that the speech, that everything, that just Daniel Bryan basically breaks the fourth wall completely. Uh, during that speech, it is if you you thought Kayfabe was dead, he breaks it completely for you.
5: Uh, wow. <laughs>
4: he basically comes right out and goes, "Well, you know this isn't real." So, but you know what Connor went through—that's real. You know, just. Mm-hmm. But it, it like, I, I was sitting there, like, crying and laughing at the same time, just cry, laughing at uh, Brian telling us stuff that he did and then almost shedding tears with him telling his story. You know, it's just one of those, my God, that we we needed one of these moments at the Hall of Fame, huh?
5: Yeah. Just... I know what you mean. I, that, I, I have paused it. I have not watched that yet, but I have not prepared to cry, so... Um, we'll see. When, <laughs> we'll see when that time comes.
4: Maybe prepare yourself.
5: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, guys, let's go ahead and move on. We got plenty of show reviews to do, so why don't we go ahead and hop into some NXT and uh, talk about what's going on on that side of the world.
3: WWE Developmental NXT.
4: Alrighty, NXT from Wednesday night, just so we're clear, so people don't think we're doing two NXTs again or something. Uh, Tom Phillips was uh, at this show uh, doing announcing, so he's doing his uh, deal where he shows up every now and then here. We start off with Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss for the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, This lasted about six minutes. Um, I thought Alexa looked better here than she did in the first match. Uh, you know, Sasha obviously with the expected win making, uh, uh, Bliss tap out with the bank statement, but, uh, what do you guys think?
1: I thought this was fine. Uh, I agree with you about Alexa Bliss having a much more impressive, uh, outing this go around. It feels like Sasha felt a bit more comfortable working the Lucha style that she has, even though there are still a little rough spots here or there. Uh, but there's really nothing to complain about. I think it does a good job of making of elevating Alexa Bliss up to uh, a much higher level.
5: Yeah, I mean, you guys pointed out great. I mean, it's the fact that we got a little bit of a – inside on what's going on in those girls i think both of them you know at first in that first match they were trying to get used to the style trying to get used to each other and then of course in this one they were more comfortable had more experience with each other um i think it worked out well though i I was not you know you know i was in a bad mood after watching i think it was great um but you know it'll get better and i think of course um you know both stars will be better in the future
4: Yeah, I think uh, what's funny is that Sasha, when she first came in, she was doing some of the Lucha stuff, you know, and then she Mm -hmm. kind of changed her moveset around and all that stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see what Alexa does. But I appreciate the fact that she's not just resting on her laurels or whatever of just, okay, well, people know that I haven't been here very long, so I'm just going to go out there and have a match or whatever. She's really trying. She's trying to have different moves, and she has the – Blitz, the glitz flip or whatever which is really cool-looking you know so I, it's different we don't see that out of everybody and uh, I appreciate that they went out there and tried to actually have a, a match regardless of whatever uh, Alexa's level is or, or anything so yeah
5: and and the one thing I you know it's kind of funny that I even thought about this I think it's because it's WrestleMania time but you know oh Alexa you know did the lucha stuff but i also kind of thought about the fact that we had Snooky at a wrestlemania and her size compared to the rest of the the divas out there was a lot different and this is the same instance and you know sometimes you've got to be able to find ways to make up for your size and i think what we're seeing here is alexis doing that she's definitely finding ways to make up for all the you know problems she's having not you know matching up height wise and that's good that's a really positive thing
4: Yeah, true that. So let's uh move it along, we had uh what is it? we had a Kevin Owens talking about how, you know, he knows how great Finn Balor is. Um but uh you know Balor made an impact with his body pain, he did it by grabbing the NXT title and he's gonna prove again that you know he he wants Balor to bring the demon, but he's gonna prove again that nobody's gonna take the NXT title away from him or his family. Uh, then we have, uh, this was really interesting, I like this because it's a character element for both ladies, uh, Emma coming in to talk to Bailey again, telling her, hey, I told you that you being nice and all this stuff and you being Bailey is, is not gonna work for you, uh, you need to be more aggressive, sort of, and, uh, Bailey's like, uh, you know, cause Emma basically tells her that the crowd is gonna fool her into thinking that, you know, what she's doing is fine, and Emma's, and Bailey's like, no, 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 this crowd is the one that helped me do all this stuff that I've done and all that. And then Emma just freaking slaps the crap out of Bailey. So, uh, there you go. And we also have one from, uh, Tyler Breeze who <laughs> calls Itami hideous. Itami. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, well, I have a win over Itami. And then Itami comes in and he's like, I have a win over you too, Breeze. So, we're getting a two out of three falls match between Breeze and Atami. And, man. uh, uh, But then Breeze tries to save it by going, I didn't say yes, dummy. And leaves. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, You know, I really enjoyed the the Bailey-Emma segment as well. Uh, That slap was soap opera proportions good. Just... Damn, slap the crap out of her. Uh, You know, I'm looking forward to seeing what those two do with each other, how that storyline progresses along the way, because Emma, I think, is a very intriguing case um, for how you can rebuild yourself very quickly, possibly, and find your way back up where you were. Uh, And then the Atami and Breeze work so well together, two out of three falls is only good news.
5: The one thing I want to say about the Emma and Bailey thing is that, like Paul said, it's very intriguing. I'm really curious to see what Emma has done differently. Of course, we see the dress, the, the, the attitude, those kind of things. But when we talk about ring presence, when we talk about all of that, I want to see those differences. I want to see those changes just so we can kind of get the full picture here of where she lies and the fact that is she a full blown heel? Is she in a gray area right now? Where is she at? And that slap, man, that made me think that she's a lot closer to the dark side than she is the light side here, but I mean I loved it out that was a very good I mean it, it made its point. So um, it just uh, I should
4: scene. also note that breeze Just totally mocks Devin Taylor with a, It's like oh another one of these Awesome questions from David yeah. Taylor
5: <laughs> 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 I love it uh you know and you know some of the best promo guys do that kind of thing, and I think uh, uh Tyler's definitely learned from them if not you know just his personal personality so that was a it was a pretty great one too and um it's interesting to see Hideo Tommy learn a little bit of English or at least speak the English that's kind of cool too, so.
4: That's just, I think that's so great that but really Devin sets stuff up with that. She always asks the same stupid question. <laughs> like, mm. you know, it's like learn to ask different questions that might mean the same thing. I just, <laughs> you know, um, so we get, uh, what is it that happens? I think after this, well, we have a video, they did a really good job of doing the video packages for Owens and, and, finn balor so um i appreciate that really made it feel like this big event thing which tna does well when we'll cover it with the lastly and current angle made that made that match feel so much bigger than it would have been had you just done nothing and the match happened so appreciate uh that with this something we've seen the next two do plenty of times we have uh enzo colin and carmella talking and we have Blake and Murphy coming in to apologize to Carmella for what happened. And uh, they bought her a gift with their champion's bonus, which was a bracelet. And they're like, well, Enzo and Cassidy never gave you gifts. And Enzo's like, this is a Fagazi, is fake. You know, they should have gone to to Jared's. <laughs> Just... Hmm. <laughs> And so it's even like, this is Zales, middle of the ball stuff. <laughs> like, Just, uh, they had to just be coming up with this on the fly. Like, I cannot imagine <laughs> that just it's written in or something. It just uh, seems too good. But this whole idea of apparently, like, Blake and Murphy are really trying to go for Carmela hard like that. Uh, getting that Enzo and Cassidy there.
1: Yeah. Uh, I I dig it. I think you you get to learn more about Blake and Murphy, uh, and their budge or burgeoning role as heels. Uh, hopefully Carmela turns because she's been acting like a heel since day one and Enzo and Cass totally come in and just make the segment after,
5: you know, the, the other two walk out of the scene. Yeah, I mean exactly what Paul said, and the funny thing is, I didn't see a problem with Zells. I thought Zells was pretty okay. But anyway, um, <laughs> I was
4: going to say the same thing. Gary. <laughs>
5: I know. I just, I, I just never really thought Zales was that low class, but maybe I am uh, low class or something because I like them. Uh, but Don't hate know, on yourself, Gary. <laughs> I know, right? I know. But I think this is a great little segment here. Um, definitely, you're getting a chance to get to know a little bit more about. Blake and uh, Murphy, I-, I think both these guys are you know, a little bit new to a lo- the audience, just don't know enough about them yet. We we know that they kind of seem cool, they're exciting to watch, but you want to know more about them. And I'm really curious about the whole thing of them wanting to know more about Carmella and get closer to her. I don't really don't know if it has more to do about them getting closer to her or finding a way to break up the whole Enzo and uh you know the I that whole thing, you know the, the t- oh God, t-
4: please don't break them up 'cause what what other tag team do we have right now? Seriously.
5: Oh I know <laughs> So
4: They cannot afford to break up any more tag teams on the next T
5: Yeah, really.
4: Um, uh so it, I I forgot to mention that Balor makes a point in his little promo that he cuts that Basically, you know, Kevin Owens wants uh, the Demon, but Balor wants to prove that he can win without the Demon. So, it's either, you know, uh, Owens played his little mind games to make Balor feel like he didn't need the Demon, or, you know, and and does it cost him or not, whatever. That's something that they play up during the match, which I appreciated. And also that Corey Graves, you know, makes the point of, hey, champions, make more money. You want to do more successful sort of things. I mean, they only had two guys, but... I think Corey Graves is really getting really good at uh, being the color commentator there. But aside from that, this NXT Championship match—it felt like it went on, or it's only like I think like 15 minutes overall or something. But good lord, it felt like it went on longer. Ah, uh, just greatness personified. I think uh, best way to to say it. Oh, uh, what do you, what you, what shows take on it?
1: This was pretty darn good. I really liked uh, Kevin Owens' attack on the knee, uh, sticking with the knee, and it ultimately playing a factor into the finish. I think it told a great story. Uh, Definitely one of the better NXT title matches I think we've seen no matter who was holding the belt.
5: Yeah, I mean, I, I was so interested in the way that right now we're seeing Kevin Owens' style. He's definitely... Uh, finding ways to be cerebral, if I can use that word. He's finding ways to win matches and get under guys' skins, make them make mistakes. It's not about his mistakes. And I just think it's interesting to see that progress as time goes on and each new match that he has. And, you know, hey, you know, Balor was right there with him. He had every chance to win that match. And you just saw that Kevin Owens took advantage of every single little mistake that Balor made. And I like that. It shows a lot in what kind of champion Kevin Owens is. It also builds on his heel side, all those great components. I think they're playing with him very smart. Uh, and you know, but you know, the match itself was very good. I mean, I was very pleased with it. it Sean's right. It did feel like a little bit longer to me than actual. Uh, d- d- you know, I'm used to them just having one. You know, or break but they had two breaks here i believe was it three wow see i I remember it was more than one for sure so it did feel a little long but hey it was worth it i enjoyed it yeah uh, it
4: was a terrific just it had a really nice flow to it you know it started kind of slow and then they built it up and you know owens had his time where he dominated and then, you know, Balor kinda had his little spurts where he came in and then he finally was able to bust out everything and look like he was gonna win. And then uh, you know, just the uh, the working on the knee hurts him because the the whole coup de gras and he can't pin him, so mm-hmm. um so yeah. that was really well done.
5: I totally agree. So hopefully we'll have good matches, uh like this on a normal basis, you know, I I think for the most part they do a great job of having great, you know, main events on NXT. But this one's exceptionally well done. So um well guys, uh that pretty much wraps up NXT. Uh, it's really cool to get a chance to talk about that in this part. But now we have to move on. I think it's time for us to talk some Lucha Underground and see what's going on over there.
4: Uh People were speculating that apparently that masked person could be Seamus or The Rock,
5: maybe. Uh, I could see Seamus. Yeah,
1: I could see Seamus, too. He's too... uh, The build on that guy is a little too small to be The Rock, because obviously The Rock is just ridiculously ginormous now. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I mean, I could see it, them wanting to hide Rock like that, but why would Rock just not sit in a rafter or something
3: Mm -hmm. instead
4: of walking by like that? So I'm sure Seamus probably just didn't, whoever it is, just was hoping that he was never there in the shown. But he was standing around talking to people. You could see him when they have DDP talking to Maria Menuno, so You could see him in the background just standing there. So it's really funny. Like, it's just, okay, there's this guy. He's not making an opportunity to walk around. Of course, he's probably not seeing the camera either. So
5: That's true. Just, all
4: right. Well... I guess uh, that does it for NXT, so
5: gotta let's move on, on to Lucha. Yep, let's do it.
4: Alright, we're gonna start since, well, it makes sense to do these things in order, you know. Um, so we'll start with the Lucha Underground from last Wednesday. Is somebody clipping their nails? <laughs> I don't care. I'm just all I hear huh? is a clip every.
5: Oh, sorry. i like, a tapping the desk.
4: Oh. It <laughs> sounds like a clipper clipping nails. Oh, does it really?
5: <laughs> yeah. It's, I got this metal piece on my desk I was playing with.
4: Ah. Uh, okay.
5: Yeah. Sorry about that.
4: It's okay.
5: Nervous uh, attention. Getting ready for Lucha Underground. Getting excited. <laughs>
4: So we start with uh, Aerostar and Drago, uh, match three out of the best of five. Uh, Once again, very good stuff from these two. Um, Aerostar kind of knocks uh, Drago off balance, hits a Hurricane Ron, and then he does the uh, drop of the dime with the splash for uh, the win. So Aerostar 2-1. On on the uh, best of five series,
1: I really enjoyed this match much more than their first two. It felt more complete. Uh, they started out slow and they sort of built up to the crazy lucha stuff instead of just jumping straight to it like they had in their first two matches. Uh, so I really appreciated the the well executed attempt at uh, having a full match instead of just a a, a sprint to the finish line with lucha.
3: Yeah,
5: I'm right there with you. I mean, I, I, I was wondering how they were going to change these matches up from being, you know, what they have been in the past. And I, I kind of saw that formula and I thought, okay, I like this. It's not straight into, Hey, let's go from, uh, let's go from a hundred to maybe 60 back to a hundred. No, they, they started out slower until they got into the p- paces of a higher pace match and they kind of slowed it down. And I mean, this is kind of a difficult thing when you have a series like this because you've got to find ways to change it up. And I think they did a good job here. I mean, it's out of all of it, really, the honest thing I can say is no matter when these guys have a match, what style it is or what it is, I've been enjoying it. And that's the best positive thing I can say about it. I don't have anything bad to say about any of these matches they've done before. So it just makes me curious how they're going to change it up the next time. I mean this what, this is a best of seven or, or, or uh, is it seven or five. five, five. okay, so I mean, we only got a couple more matches to go, I guess, so still at that point, five matches on television that's a lot of matches to have against the same guy in a consecutive row. you know, I know on Raw and stuff they do things like this where they have the same guys face each other, but usually they throw little wrenches in there. in this case, they can't really do that, so.
4: Which is fine, though. These two are so good that I'm sure they can, you know, like they did with this match as opposed to the first two, they figured out a way to make it a little bit different. So Mm -hmm. we shall see. Uh, I really enjoyed it, too. This was really fun. And what Paul noted, I was going to say. So he covered it. Uh, We go to Big Rick uh, with the crew. Uh, I will say that uh, the video package with Conan... Talking about chess being like a battle or whatever. And he's playing chess with Puma. That was kind of cool. You know. They don't fail. This is the one thing that they never fail with. Is these backstage things. They nail them every time. mm mm-hmm. um, And then we have Big Rick against the crew. and the three-on-one handi- elimination handicap match. Uh, Big Rick basically disposes of the... Uh, is it... um. Bale first, he choke slams him, and uh, he he takes the cane away because they're about to hit him with a cane, and then he uh, blocks a double suplex and then clotheslines the crap out of Castro into next week, and then Cisco tries to walk away like he's slick or something, and Sexy Star shows up and basically throws him back in the ring, and then he punches Cisco in the eye and then slams him out of the chair for the win, so pretty simple stuff but i like the way it was executed what you guys think
1: i thought it was fine but i think it makes the crews look about as threatening as a pack of puppy dogs (laughs) 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 yeah i mean that's that's about all they
5: got left now (laughs) (laughs) yeah you, you speak the truth paul um and you know i was really hoping that you know the crew would look a lot stronger not that i want them to go over on big rick but I wanted them to give him, you know, more of a a trouble time, and and they really didn't, and Sexy Star being involved and all, I mean, I I think that's okay, but, I mean, it's just to me right now, they're just kind of going at that a little bit weird. Maybe they didn't want it to last a long time. That's the best guess I have, because if you want these guys to have a longer storyline, you can't let them be made to look that bad.
4: Yeah, but he got his revenge in like the first match or whatever. So what else do you have to do?
5: Exactly. That's, that's my point. I mean, what if you really wanted to end that quick, well, there you go. But that's kind of weird to me, ending it that fast.
4: I just hope that they have something planned, you know, where they're once again already introducing new people. So it's just the 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 rate at which they introduce new people can kind of offset that, but. Also, it's only a one-hour show, and you can only have so many people on the one-hour show at once. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> right. You know, it's, it, are we going to have another three weeks before we see Big Rick again? That's the thing. Uh, then we uh, basically go uh, straight into the main event, which is a grave consequences match or a casket match, whatever you want to give the term. Mi Muertes against Phoenix with Katrina being out there. Uh, This is a match of the year candidate for me, at least from Lucha Underground. Just brutal. And brutal in a good way because that's exactly how Muertes feels. And he gets to show us exactly how he feels. Freaking ripping Phoenix's mask to where he's hanging by... It's hanging on by, like, the edge of his neck, basically, the whole time. His face, it, you can see the middle of his face the whole time. It's, he's bleeding, busted open. He's just... He uh, powerbombs Phoenix uh, onto a announce ta- the announce table, but it doesn't break. And that really small little announce table that looks like, you know, somebody's computer table you buy from Kmart. I mean, it just... It, it, it doesn't look like, you know, the big announce table we're used to. Um, so, just crazy stuff, but Phoenix winds up winning because Katrina gets involved and uh, basically shatters the stone or whatever. What did you guys think? Uh, I
1: completely agree with you about being the match of the year candidate. Uh, This is also some of the best booking I think Lucha Underground has done to date as far as matches go. Phoenix totally has a star-making performance and getting the win, but Mil, uh, Mil Muertes looks absolutely dominant. Uh, ripping the mask. I mean, He tosses Phoenix around for a good, at least, a half to almost three-fifths of the match. Uh, just completely dominating. I dug the finish, too, even though it seemed a little, I don't, don't want to say rushed or contrived or anything, anything like that, but it, it did feel a little rushed. Uh, Katrina hitting him with the rock and then burying him with the rock was also uh, pretty neat and symbolic and all that good stuff that you expect out of stuff involving Mil Muertes, but I just—you can't really speak highly enough of the match. You guys have to go and watch this one. It's—it's it's totally worth your time.
4: Yeah, and the beatdown is not boring at all. It's a very interesting beatdown, especially if you're into the story, because you understand that, dude. They're—they're they're fighting over this woman, but he's more pissed about the fact that Phoenix has just done all this stuff to him, or whatever. And it's just—it's—it's uh, it's really cool to watch.
5: Mhm. I mean, you guys made all the great points on this. Um, the one thing I will say this was a pure battle. It really, really was I mean everything is involved in this match. It is definitely worth the end of year candidate you know for the best match and uh it tells a story all the way through. You get everything that you want out of a match, and the the ending is very you know. Uh I guess you 'd say theatrical you you 've got the story going there too, especially with that rock being buried with Momortes. Um, but the most interesting thing to me is the fact that you know they were able to get this done and Really make, you know, at least Mortez, you know, have a lot uh, of offense, you know, really taking Phoenix to his bitter end. You know, I I know in Lucha, the mask is everything and just the symbolism of destroying that mask is almost like a symbolism. I'm destroying you. And I like the fact that, you know, it is, uh, you know, told like that. So I, I think it was a great match, though. I hope everybody gets a chance to see it.
4: I agree. And that's the end of the first uh, Lucha Underground. So going into the Lucha Underground from Wednesday, we were uh, told the week before that we're going to have two championship matches, one from AAA uh, with El Patron and uh, Tejano in a bull rope match, which is not a bull rope match like the one we see in WWE where they had to touch a bunch of corner posts and lights go up and it looks dumb. This is just a pin and submission thing uh, where you get to use the bull rope and then it's also Prince Puma and Cage for the Lucha Underground Championship and a street fight um, and right before that though we start off with the Anhelico Evilies and Son of Havoc uh, feud continuing this time it's Anhelico versus Son of Havoc and Son of Havoc probably gets the most offense he's ever had in an entire match here he just goes crazy with standing shooting stars and, uh, another standing shooting star, and then he hits a ridiculously high shooting star at the end to win, uh, and he also dumps Evilise right before he does it, too, he's sitting there on the top rope, and he's like, look, I've realized my problem with all my matches, you, and he dumps her, and then we get a big you got dumped chant and everything, and she, uh... Gets pissed and uh, super kicks on Helico, too, to boot. Um, And then we also get to find out that Hernandez has made his debut in Lucha Underground. He talks to Darío in his office. I think these are some of the best things that they do is uh, Darío Cueto talking to wrestlers in his office. And that Conan apparently recommended him. And later on, you get to see Conan, Hernandez, and Puma kind of have a little situation there where... Puma doesn't look too that happy that Hernandez is there, but you'll kind of see why he's there later. What do you guys think?
1: I really dug the Angelico uh, Havoc match. Uh, I thought it was fun. I think it sort of grows Havoc's character a lot because he doesn't really have all that much to him outside of Evil East being with him. Uh, so I found all, I mean, him dumping her right before he hits Shooting Star Press and getting that big victory, I thought was really cool. Uh, j- just a really fun match, I think, and something that helps grow a character.
5: Yeah, I mean, and, and I, I really enjoyed this match. I really, really did. And and Helico has done a great job. I, I've actually grown to like him more and more as time goes by. And Havoc's always been a pretty good wrestler himself, so um, I've enjoyed that. I, I like that. You know, Eva thinks that she's getting everything she wants, and in the end, she's just left out to dry and I think that's great. I think it's funny because, you know, I think she kind of sees herself as, you know, getting to do what she wants, persuading people with her ways. So I like that part of it. And um, this is just a great story to tell. The one thing I really did enjoy, though, is the end of this where, you know, Angelico is laying there he's defeated and he's looking at her uh, and she just kicks him in the face. I love that. I mean, it was powerful. And it made a point. I mean, she's angry, and she got to take it out. I, I did. I, I don't know. I just thought that was cool.
4: Yeah, I agree. Uh, anything on uh, Hernandez?
5: Anything? Happy to see him. I, I love Hernandez. Yeah, I, I think he's in the right spot. He really, really is. You've got other power guys in this uh, promotion. Uh, it'll be great a chance, you know, to see him against cage against some other guys I, I think that this guy will definitely contribute very very well to Lucha underground
4: Yeah, I think he's gonna be a great addition he can I can already see uh, Somebody salivating over the cage and Hernandez matchup that we know we're gonna have so I mean yeah, that's that's gotta be Vince's dream or something out there, huh? <laughs> I'm surprised Vince is on like going bonkers trying to resign Cage or something now that mm. he's gone and done something with himself.
5: Well, you never know. Maybe this would be the launching pad.
4: So the AAA Mega Championship is on the line with Alberto El Patron defending against the former champion Tejano in a bull rope match. Um, they beat each other up in this match really, just this with the with the bull rope. Um, Alberto kind of hits his, his stuff, uh, the Hurricane Rana he does is pretty sick. Um, Tejano, I thought showed a little bit more in the, that little showcase match that he had than in this match. This was, I think was a bit more, um, about, uh, Alberto getting, getting a decisive win, but Tejano doing the powerbomb was a uh, pretty, uh, cool too.
1: You yeah, guess? the power bomb through the table. Yeah. Uh neat spot. I you know, I the match is fine. I really I was into it and then the finish sorta of comes uh Patron hits the uh the arm bar over the ropes and Tano taps out pretty quickly. I, it's sorta of, I don't know, the quick finish out of nowhere sorta of killed it for me. Uh that's just personally though.
5: Well, you know what? I had a lot of high hopes for this match, and I thought it was, you know, decently done. Um, when you get these kind of gimmick matches, you know, you, you kind of expect that it's going to be uh, not as, you know, technical or anything, but you do expect some, you know, kind of interesting things to happen. But I, for the most part, I think this is a middle-of-the-road match. Um, I could kind of see where Paul's coming from about the end. I really didn't think of it in those terms. I just thought the match was kind of a slow you know, paced out match and to find a way to win for Alberto La Rio. That was just had to be the way to win, but in in the end, I, I wasn't just overly impressed. I think this is not the best work they could have given us.
4: Uh, I'd agree. I'm sure they probably will wind up having another match or something before this is all said and done. Uh the backstage segment that I mentioned where Hernandez kind of interrupts Conan Telling Puma about something, and Conan mentions they being together in LAX before. So TNA gets a mention on Lucha Underground. That's uh, that's nice. Um, and Puma is kind of unsure about it, and Conan just kind of tells him, "Well, remember what I taught you? Because you might want to use that in this match." And uh, Dario comes out to show us the new belt. That they're going to be fighting for. This one looks much better, much more like an actual belt that, uh, I would agree with cage that I, I would want to wear that other one just kind of look like, you know, something they <laughs> cooked up really quick. Um, but the main event, what do you guys think?
1: Uh, this main event is pretty gosh darn good. Uh, not, not up to that level that we get with the previous week's main event, but I, I'd, I'd put it close. Uh, just the the springboard uh, 450 to the outside through the table by Puma might have been one of the coolest spots I've seen this year. Uh, they they just continue to work really well together. They play good big man small man uh, uh, yeah. dynamic uh, really well, and I think uh, I just Puma slash Rigshay is just one of the might be one of the best wrestlers in the world right now. I mean, he's just he's so good and fluid and just it makes it sing whenever he does anything.
5: I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm very, very impressed with Prince Puma. I, the one thing that I found interesting is that he got a lot more offense than I ever expected. I really thought cage was going to continue his dominance over him. I thought if Puma was to win, it was going to be by the, you know, a strand of his hair, uh, just by the little inch of, uh, you know, energy he had left. So I was kind of surprised that it ended the way it did, and the fact that Cage had a lot more problems with Puma than he did in the past. It's not that that's a bad thing. I don't disagree with the way it was booked. I was just kind of surprised because, honestly, Cage has had a lot of dominance over Puma, and for him to go from having that much dominance to not really having as much dominance is kind of surprising. But, you know, once again, I mean, uh, it has been, I think, a week or two since we've seen him in the ring. So, if you want to go by storyline, maybe Puma's had time to kind of get his head together. So, But, in, in the end, a great match. I mean, I had a lot of fun watching it. I, it. To me, it wasn't exactly the best match on the whole night, but I did really, really like it.
4: Uh, so... Yeah, I, I, you know, I actually enjoy this. They keep working. Uh, I love the fact that, you know, I think even Conan getting involved was, you know, added something because, once again, it's you know Conan trying to do anything he can to make sure Puma wins. He gets whacked into the barricade. Hernandez gets involved because Cage calls him out to just kind of be there, but all he does is get on the apron. Uh, the some of the moves in here are sick, you know, just, uh, the, whatever the hell that was by K's, like, it almost seemed like he was going to do with the, the F5 thing, but he turned it into a gut buster, uh, that was pretty awesome, uh, just, you need to go watch this, I think, you need to go watch this, um, uh, but... But one thing to note here, Puma's getting booed. Um, and I think, uh, you know, we're sort of setting up K's like a Brock Lesnar, where he's going to get cheered because he's beating people. And, you know, people are kind of into that right now. Who's who's the champions in most of these? And in TNA, it's Bobby Lashley, Kurt Angle, legit guy. We got Brock Lesnar, champion of WWE. You know, you got a Brock Lesnar-type guy in Lucha that's getting, you know, traction. Seems like uh, we're we're trying to set some kind of trend again where we're having the big guys be the main deal uh, as your champion. And then the crowd is responding to it in Lucha.
1: I mean, I guess we'll have to see what happens. I mean, I'm sure Brian... I mean, Brian Cage has a huge following anyway just because of where they are in California, but... It's not like Ricochet is chopped liver there either, you know?
4: Yeah, no, I agree. I'm not saying that. I'm just well, – it, yeah, yeah. it seems like it's weird because normally that doesn't happen for Fuma. So.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: It's true. Yeah, and I do I totally see where you're coming from, Sean. It, it does seem like a trend, you know, all these big men. And, um, you know, I, I think that maybe they, you know, think that, you know, these big men are of the popular guys, you know. Uh, to me personally, I really feel like, you know, Cage is a exceptional talent. I think he's got a lot to offer. I think that's part of the reason why he is at that top spot. But I mean, then again, I mean, it is kind of popular right now to have those big guys I think the same way it goes for TNA. I mean, I think that Bobby Lashley is a guy that, you know, maybe if he was given a little more patience, he'd be a bigger star, but in TNA, he's a big star. So they, big guys are ruling right now for some reason.
1: Lashley might just be over because it's one of the few people TNA has booked well.
5: (laughs) That's that's a great point, too. (laughs) Honestly, I I think the one guy you don't have to worry about booking well is going to be amazing is EC3. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah, true.
5: So, well, um, that pretty much wraps up uh, Lucha Underground. We got, you know, uh, a Great two shows. I really enjoyed both these shows. I think we you know as we kind of talked about, a lot of things happened. And, of course, next week we will, uh, of course, not this Tuesday, but you know, following week, we will be joining you guys with more Lucha Underground news. But now it is time for us to move on to something else. And, uh, by the way, people, if you want to know why that it sounded like a clipping sound, I just thought of the reason. It's because I forgot that I have a glass table and no one knows that. So I'm actually the glass desk, and a screwdriver on a glass desk sounds funny, do not it?
4: I'm just surprised it didn't break or something. Well, that's
5: exactly what I was going to say. You know, it's the fact of the matter of you know, if you guys ever hear shattering and then I go offline, I must have fell asleep and my head went through the glass. So. Oh God! <laughs> and, and, and then the computer falls to the ground. <laughs> I don't know why I have screwdrivers beside my computer, but they've been here for like three months. I need to put them in the back in my toolbox. So, yeah. Anyway, that
4: would just be a good idea.
5: <laughs> interesting story for you guys. So, all right, let's move on. Let's get on and talk about some TNA Impact Wrestling, guys.
3: Well, 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 TNA Impact Wrestling.
4: Alright, TNA Impact Wrestling, uh, it's such a contrast of two shows here because the first show we're gonna talk about almost felt like, a, you know, it almost felt like it could be its own NXT special, and then the next show does not feel like that at all, um, so we start off with an Ultimate X-Match for the tag team titles, uh, at least we haven't done too many of those already this year, um. Hey, what do you know, Manic and Sonata can actually be a team. That's like a miracle because that never happens. (laughs) Uh, And you've got uh, DJ Z and Jesse Goddard's uh, bromance because uh, Robbie is too depressed because he lost to Brooke last week or the the week prior. And then you got Wolves defending their titles here. I thought this was pretty good. Um, The funny stuff with uh, doing the chicken fight, I I laughed a bit. Um, the, uh, powerbomb backstabber thing is always gonna be awesome, and, uh, the the finish was nice with all the different stuff happening there, and the woes retained, but what'd you guys think?
1: I thought this was fun. Uh, it's certainly not one of the best, Ultimate X matches, uh, that TNA's ever put on, but... It has its spots. Uh, You know, we get the almost obligatory DJZ launched to the outside and landing on a bunch of people because he can fly way high in the air. Um, I think uh, Manic and Sonata, I don't know. I I didn't feel like they really got enough chance to show what they could do together. Uh, You know, obviously they get plenty of time to the Wolves who retain and all that good stuff, but I don't know. I just... I sort of wish we got to see a little bit more Mannequin Sonata in this one. Otherwise, though, I thought it was fine.
5: Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. And you know what? I mean, these matches are okay. Um, I usually enjoy them a lot more, and I did this one. For some reason, this one didn't just really thrill me. I I, I don't know. There was some, I think that there were a few spots that were like, okay, this is good, but... In the Ultimate X matches, I mean, it seemed like they had a lot more going on in this match. Maybe there's just too many guys there for some reason, but it just did not thrill me. But it was okay. It was decent. So, eh, what it was, was what it was?
4: Well, it's just uh, also that, well, let's be honest, the two teams that are facing the Wolves, are really going to think that they're going to win anything? You know,
3: just mm-hmm.
4: especially not the romance with DJ Z, so that's already out. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, well Manica Sonata should have been a tag team a long time ago. This is their first match together as a tag team and then they're gonna win? Probably not, you know. True. Uh so we see Angle and Lashley arriving. So there's your first step in your big build up to your match and we have Austin Aries talking. You know, he says, well, I haven't been on Impact a couple, you know, for a couple weeks, and the fans were chanting for him, and, uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, the BDC put him through a table, so he hasn't been uh, there, and he wants his briefcase back that Loki stole. So he calls out the BDC, Samoa Joe and Loki come out, Uh, you know, Loki says that, uh You know, um, Aries thinks that that belongs to him, but it doesn't. Loki's tired of uh, Aries playing the games about will he, won't he cash in or whatever. So, uh, Aries brings up the point that, look, the briefcase is not yours. It says Austin Aries in it, so it doesn't mean anything to you, blah, blah, blah. And eventually we need to a Samoa Joe versus Austin Aries match, which you can't go wrong with a Samoa Joe-Austin Aries match, really. Uh, until Loki comes in and attacks Ares and causes the DQ for seemingly no reason, really. Um, so, I guess just because he got mad that Ares might possibly win. Uh, and then the best part is we get, like, a money-in-the-bank cash-in here, except on the on the X-Division champion, that never defends his X-Division title. Um, and we pretty much have, like, a really quick spud sliced bread number two and then he wins in like five seconds and spud can't find the title so he's running around trying to find the title as he's hoping the bdc don't come after him he finally gets the title and he runs off what would you guys think
1: uh i'm pretty sure this is also Samoa Joe's last match on tna television uh if i remember correctly but uh you know the, the Airy i dig aries a lot Uh, it's kind of a shame that he's having to get the runaround here in place because it's seemingly Destination America wanted to put the belt on Angle. Uh, so he's, I guess, sort of been on the back burner almost in the title feud. Uh, but this match is okay. It's nothing special. I really dug the Rockstar Spudcast and you can tell it
5: meant a lot to him winning the
1: belt in his home, uh, home country and everything like that.
5: Yeah, I mean, that was what excited me was the whole Rockstar Spud and the X Division title. You know, I, I think that that was something that really needed to be done. You know, the crowd was behind him and, you know, it's a special moment. And, and that guy, you know, has done a lot cool. and really trying to build his name up. And I think he, to me personally, he has built his name up quite a bit. So and this was a very exciting moment for me, though. I, I think this was a great uh, highlight of the night for sure.
4: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I wasn't expecting it. When I, I thought about it, I was like, oh, Loki's down. I completely forgot that Spud was the actual, like, briefcase holder for the X title. And then he comes running down, and Ares is like, huh? What's going on? Oh, just go for it, dude. Go for it. Like, it was, uh, that was a funny moment. And hopefully Spud's going to defend that damn title, because I'm tired of that title just sitting on somebody's neck. It's stupid. Uh so we have Mamet, Bram and Magnus is brawl all over. Magnus is basically beats the total crap out of Bram and then he power bombs Bram on the ramp too, which sounded terrible. Like you could just hear this nasty thud when, when Bram hit. And you also get a knockout title match between Terran Thrill, Gokim and Awesome Kong. I thought that was this was pretty good. Um Terrell counters the defeat into a roll-up uh, for Terran to keep the knockout saddle. What'd you
1: think? I really dug the Magnus Bram segment. Uh, it it was nice to see Magnus finally get something back on Bram after pretty much having his ass handed to him since the feud started. Uh, and, you know, Mickey James coming in and getting all her licks into was fun. That, that powerbomb, you're right, though, was nasty. just, the speed with which Magnus gets him up and then throws him back down. And the sound, it just makes for a really gruesome sight. Uh, and, and the knockouts title match was good too. I i mean, Kong, dominant for most of it. She just happens to be on the outside whenever Gale goes for the move and Taryn gets the pin. Um, but I think it was a fun match.
5: Yeah, I'm right there with you. And uh, I mean, I, I thought this was a, a fun match as well. I, you know, it's just because of the fact that Magnus is finally getting an opportunity to be the guy in charge, the guy throwing Bram around and we've seen plenty of times where Bram has got his comeuppance and got to enjoy, you know, just, just totally annihilating Magnus. And so, you know, the tables are turned here and so it's really, really interesting to see that. And you know, the fact that Mickey James is involved and everything. I think that, you know, it got the fans kind of excited. They they were, like, you know, feeling like they got something out of this because they, they had watched Magnus suffer so much. But, you know, uh, I mean, besides that, I mean, you can't really add too much to it, but I, I just think it was a really well-done segment and the fact that, man, you know, Magnus just got uh, everything in he wanted to.
4: Agreed. Uh, that Magnus brand segment is... Perfect and Thankfully we get another one Next week as well Um Anything Special you guys want to say About the knockouts Match or No Uh
5: Not that I can really think of offhand That I just have a big comment about
1: Yeah I mean your usual Knockouts Triple threats I mean It it was good I, I Thought I talked about it a little
4: Yeah Uh well, I mean, good thing Terran's keeping the belt, though, making her uh, look like a confident champion going up against two former big-time champions, so that that's good for uh, TNA. has some consistency there.
1: Yeah, um, It's all building up to when Kong just murders her, though.
4: <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, yeah, because that's what they were really talking about on commentary for Friday's uh, episode, was that it seemed like Kong was kind of playing around with her, like, she knows she can beat her.
5: Whenever she wants. Uh, Here's the thing about this whole Kong thing. I love having Kong to be a part of the roster, but who really is going to be Kong? Because Gail Kim can't really do it. Of course, Havoc had lost to her.
4: Well, Gail Kim's done it before.
5: Yeah, but I mean, her ratio isn't very high. You know, it'd be a good way to
1: get Brooke back into the mix instead of doing this stupid thing with Robbie E.
3: Mm Hmm.
4: Because that thing with Robbie E is just dumb. At least she did uh, get to compete on on Friday's show. So, so we have our world title match between Bobby Lashley and Kurt Angle. And, man, these two just went at it. Just uh, Angle with Germans and Belly to Bellies. And Lashley was going at it with them. Uh, They went at it on the outside. Uh, Angle tried to get in the angle lock a bunch of times. Uh, he finally got it where he locked it in and made Lashley tap out. Great match, uh, Kurt Angle's your new champion, and here's where we go with the whole Dust Dance America picking champions. What do you think?
1: Uh, and note that I'm totally okay with this. Are we skipping the James Storm, Matt Hardy, no DQ match?
4: Oh, I forgot about that.
1: Yeah. I'm okay with you forgetting about it. <laughs> I just <laughs> want to know if you want to talk about it a little. <laughs> James Storm
4: won that match. Uh, they they had a little hardcore match. I thought it was fine. Uh, Koya gets involved and Manic gets involved and so does uh, everybody else on the freaking Revolution really to make sure that Storm wins after a cowbell shot and two last calls. So, yeah
1: yeah pretty paint by numbers it's about as mild as you as Sean just explained uh, nothing yeah. nothing
5: you really wouldn't expect i just you know it was on the yeah. card
1: after we mentioned it
5: <laughs> yeah pretty much so i mean it's kind of funny in these matches it's hard to explain it because you explain it one way you got to explain it the same way the other 13 times it happens so uh, yeah paul makes a great point uh the world title
1: match though I I think T N A did a great job with this match from the time the show starts. They do a great job of building up the big fight feel. We see Lashley and Angle backstage a lot. They're get they're warming up. They're arriving at the arenas. We get to see them walk to the ring, which I thought was a nice touch. Uh, and then they get in the ring. The crowd's into it. Uh, a little slow to start, I think, um, but it, it gets going. It's just it never, for me, it never shifted into that next gear to be one of those matches that I would put on my match of the year candidate list. You know. Uh, it was it was good. It just it never reached that next level.
5: I but see. I guess I came into this match with lower expectations. Uh, Kurt Angle is decent in the ring. He's not what he used to be. Uh, I think he can still be impressive at times, but those times are like flashes in the pan. I, I mean, he to me, he's past his prime. To me, he's past that point of being able to put on pure five star maybe even a four star match i i just think he is and uh bobby lashley is is good for what he's worth i think the guy's got talent but i, I think also he's not exactly where you would want him to be on that scale as well uh, so i think they had a good match and that's probably where i'd rank it but i you know in the end i still have a problem with who is champion I know why he's champion according to the network, but I just still think that Bobby Lashley should hold that belt, but you know what, you know, congratulations to Kurt angle for getting uh, getting an opportunity with it.
4: Yeah, we talked about this Kurt angle winning the title may not be just from because Kurt angles awesome or anything, but uh, I did have someone tweet at me that they didn't want to pull the race card, but they felt like, you know, that could hmm. be involved. <laughs> what? I was, oh. like, I was like, well, I mean, why would they have Lashley as their champion to begin with? They could have had Lashley lose title before he even went on Destination America, so... Yeah. That kind of didn't hold a lot of water with me. I just... I mean, didn't these two... Did these two wrestle in WWE at all? Was Ang already gone by the time Lashley was... I could have swore that they did something.
1: I think... Be. Angle was already on his way out by the time Lashley was starting to rise up the card in ECW.
4: Okay. Yeah, I just know that, you know, it's, it's probably more about, you know, Destination America made this a point when they signed TNA that part of their signing TNA was Kurt Angle being involved. So obviously Destination America made it a point that Kurt Angle was going to be their horse. Whether he stays for another year or not is, is whatever. But this is also his last year, so why not let him have a title match? Yeah, Lashley's on fire and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, he adds a lot of legitimacy, but he's not like he's losing it to, you know, uh, DJ Z or something. He's losing to another legit guy in Kurt Angle. So, I mean, I don't see anything wrong with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't really have a problem with the title switch. I, I, I wish Lashley's reign was longer. Um, by far, because I just, I really enjoy his work as champion, but, uh, you know, uh, let's see what, what they want to do with Angle now.
4: Agreed. So, let's move it along to the show that happened on Friday. Uh, we start off with a Revolution promo, um, because basically this is there so that they can, uh, this... So that uh we can get Jeff Hardy to come back because that was the whole promotion for the show was Jeff Hardy gets his revenge. Okay.
1: <laughs> um, oh boy. Oh man. So
4: what'd you guys think here? Apparently Koya's gonna be a play a big role in in trying to get rid of Jeff Hardy.
1: I mean, that's fine. Uh, I really... the One of the reasons I like the Revolution is all the talent that they have around Storm who are interesting and young and still have really yet to make a mark in TNA, and Koya is one of those guys. Uh, so I, I'd like to see that character grow some more. Um, but I just... You know, I'm not really all about Storm and Hardy right now, you know?
5: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, there's... N- I, uh... I hate to say it because, you know, with Hardy coming back, I mean, everybody gets excited, you know, to get a chance to see him again. Um, But you know what? I've kind of enjoyed having a little bit of a break, to be honest with you. Uh, Storm and him together do okay. But, you know, it's still not the most intriguing, not the most valued match or, you know, valued time when you have those two guys together. It just seems like it's not as well chemistry-wise as you'd like.
4: Yeah. It's just um I mean I I don't mind it. I, I think uh it works. It's just, you know, when we have the other stable that's already in TNA and one that's gonna get made on this freaking show, it's just why? You know, we need to pick one and roll with it. Just it's just too much going on right now. I'm cool with all the young talent getting involved, but it's like we just now decided to have Manic and Sonata get used again, we just now decided to have Koya get really get used. So let's see if that really stands, you know, keeps happening or they just drop that. Yeah. So, uh, after this, we have our low key coming out and, uh, basically this is where Koya tells, or he tells Storm tells Koya to be the one that gets rid of Jeff Hardy and he even slaps Koya um, and then he, does his it Koya or Storm that, like, screams? I can't remember freaking what happens, but, yeah, something stupid happens. Anyway, so we get to Rockstar Spud versus Low-Key Exhibition title match, which Spud wins with a roll-up on Low-Key after uh, Drew Galloway comes in and distracts MVP and Kenny King. Uh, I thought the match was good. Uh, what do you guys think?
1: I think it was just nice to see a fresh face in there with the X Division regular uh Loki cuz we I mean Spud's sort of been around EC3 for a while so it's sort of nice to get a change of pace here. Uh, I thought the match was fine too. Uh, I I still I dig Drew Galloway. I just I I don't know how I I'm still not a BDC fan. <laughs>
4: I don't know. Too many people that are.
5: Yeah. I, <laughs> uh no, this was okay. I mean, this was something that you know, uh, I was, you know, I was all right with. But in the end, you know, just not a whole lot for me to just sit here and go on and on about.
4: Yeah, I can understand what you're, what you're saying there, Gary. Uh, speaking yeah. of going on and on, the BDC. Go on and on with Drew Galloway in a promo here. Oh, um, Galloway once again does the whole, you're not the voice of wrestling. The voice of wrestling is the fans. And uh, he calls one of them William Wallace, if I remember right. Um, uh, there's, uh, they, he, he does the yes chant thing with the crowd where they ask him if they're are you sick of the BDC? Yes. Do you want to see competitive matches? Yes. What What if TNA not give you competitive matches? I mean, are you not watching the same show that I'm watching, Drew Galloway? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's like when, when you got when you have your talent do this. Why do you not like make them make sure that they watch the show that they're discussing here? But either way, uh, Drew Galloway says he's starting the rising. Which I thought, okay, maybe he just means that he's rising. No, he literally means a stable of people called The Rising. That name is stupid. Um, But it's Camacho and Sean Ricker are his rising guys. So, this is wrestling and this is rising. Uh, when I'm thinking of wrestling, I'm not thinking about Camacho and Sean Ricker, but you know.
1: Stole the words Uh, right out of my mouth.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
5: Yeah. You know what? I mean, I enjoy drew Galloway. I do. I like this guy. Um, I'm not so sold on this new group that he has personally, but I like him. Um, I like his back and forth. I I, I like the way he used the mic and, and for this whole match and, um, to say all that, I mean, it speaks volumes because there's a lot of times we get on here and and there's not a whole lot to really kind of, you know, brag about or say. But, I mean, I, I think in, in this instance, you know, we've got him using the mic very well. And, of course, he gets in the ring and, um, you know, it's challenged by Loki. So, I think, you know, for the most part, right now, what we're getting with Galloway is very solid. I'm enjoying it.
1: Yeah, I mean, but... Really, the last thing I think TNA needed is yet another faction, you know.
5: I agree. I, g- I agree with that. Uh, well, especially a faction built up of with these guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, Galloway, great pick to lead a faction. But, the eh, Camacho, Richter, I'm just not so sold on that. I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I think, to me personally, Galloway is more gold as a singles wrestler.
1: I agree completely.
4: I agree completely, too. We know what happened when he was in a stable before, you know.
5: Oh, man. We will That's... not
1: talk ill of 3MB. Oh, never yeah! Someone <laughs>
4: It's a three-man band. <laughs> Woo! Um, well, the three-man van could certainly beat Camacho and Sean Ricker at this point. Um, you know yeah. what? I think Camacho has something just if you can get him out of the... Mexican gimmick even though he's wearing the same attire he wore in WWE, so you know that doesn't make me uh, that much uh, Excited about it, but And we'll, we'll have to see You know they they nailed it with EC3, but then they've failed so far with Tyrus and they nailed it with Bram And we'll have to see what what happens with the rest of these guys, you know, so Taking NXT guys and making them something at least they're doing that not bringing in I don't I don't know who they could bring in at this point, but, yeah. Uh, so, this is where we have the Brooke and, uh, Awesome Kong match. Basically, Awesome Kong just plays around with Brooke most of the match. She beats her up and Implant Buster and wins. And then Taryn comes out of nowhere to the fact where Josh can't even see who it is, and goes, "Who's that? Who's that? Really? You don't know who that is? Okay." Um,
1: it's a long way from the studio to where they
3: are.
4: Yeah, <laughs> <It's> true. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but yeah, no. well, would you uh, anything of note here?
1: I mean, it's pretty much an extended squash to make Kong look dominant, even though that's you know pretty much sending home a point that we've learned a long time ago. Um, but I mean the, the knockouts division is at
5: least interesting. So that, that's a bonus. Yeah. I mean, that's the formula here. Let Kong go out and pretty much take care of whoever's out there and then you'll send out, you know, the rest of them. And that's, that's the way it's working out here. Uh, of course you got the champion coming out to try to take out Kong. And of course, you know, that's, that's a formula we've already seen, but, um, uh, I think this could be an exciting storyline. I think from what it's worth, it's okay. I just want to see more. Of course, with the squash, you can only be so happy, right? Well, I mean, the, the run-in ends poorly for Terran. I mean, stairs oh, yeah. and table, so. Yeah,
1: exactly.
3: Yeah.
5: yeah, that is terrible. But, I mean, to me, it's a double squash. <laughs> <laughs> so
4: So, uh, we get Kurt Angle coming out to celebrate his title. Uh, (laughs) He tells you the whole story And you get Bobby Roode coming out And Austin Aries coming out Austin Aries talks about how he's Might cash in on him Eric Young comes out Because this freaking feud can never end Between Bobby Roode and Eric Young Uh, And then lastly comes out And he's pissed that everybody else is getting Title shots but him he actually sounded pretty pissed uh, there. Um, and Kurt Angle's like, well, we can go right now if you want to go, Bobby, last week. We don't have to wait around for the rest of these guys. And then so we have a big brawl. And then of anybody else in the locker room that could have come out, Mr. Anderson comes out to join Austin Aries and Bobby Roode against EC3 Tyrus and Eric Young in a six-man. Aries misses the 450, and then EY gets a figure four, and... Austin Aries taps out to EY for the Heels to win. What did you think about all this stuff that happened?
1: I thought... I I mean, I don't want to say the Kurt Angle celebration was sort of a waste of time, but it certainly felt like it. We already know who your top contenders for the title are. We don't need you to restate them. I guess if you want them all to have beef with each other, to have a random six-man, whatever, but... uh, I don't know. I just it didn't really feel all that necessary to me. You could have done something better, I think, with that time. Uh, the sixth man, I absolutely hated the finish. I, I hated it. I mean, Aries should not be tapping, especially with the briefcase. Um, and then, I mean, much less to EY, who I have a lot of problems with right now. So.
4: <laughs> okay.
5: Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of totally agree. I mean, it... Uh... Really I mean I just I, mm, I'm trying to think if there's anything really to add to that honestly. There's really not a whole lot I can add.
1: <laughs> the match is fine overall. I mean, I just uh, that's that's the wrong
5: finish, you know. Mhm. I, yeah, I agree.
4: Yeah, it's uh it's a bit weird on uh what I thought. He was like, "Really? That's that's the finish we are going for?" Okay. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, so then we have the Bram and, uh, Magnus segment. Uh, he calls Magnus a coward to try to get him out there. He, he doesn't really happen until, uh, you know, he even says that Mickey has more balls than he does. But then he says <laughs> something about his kid and that gets Magnus out there with Mickey. Uh, you know, um, Bram, basically they challenge each other to a full false count anywhere match. Bram kisses Mickey, because Mickey comes in and asks him to kiss kiss her boot instead. And then uh, Magnus like low-blows Bram and everything, and eventually it ends up with Mickey beating the crap out of Bram for a little bit, and uh, Magnus has to pull her off Bram. <laughs> so, uh, would you like this uh, better than last week, or
1: i i don't know i didn't I felt like it was almost a rehash almost I mean it's sort of obviously they're trying to add more tension on the Mickey front, which is fine uh she's they sort of made her a big deal in this feud, and I don't have a problem with them utilizing her at all um i just i don't know it was more almost more the same
5: outside of the mickey uh, uh growth in the feud you know mm hmm Yeah, I I liked it about the same as last week, personally. I mean, it was what it was. I mean, uh, Bram getting beat up some more, but at this time it wasn't just Magnus. It was Mickey. And, you know, she was also upset about everything that he did to Magnus, and she had every right to get back at him. So, I mean, I I think it's okay. Um, I thought they were equally great.
4: All right. Well, the main event cage match between Jeff Hardy and James Storm what you guys think
1: uh i thought this is is fine for what it was uh fun little cage match usual revolution stuff uh jeff hardy getting the win i think it's the right move obviously he's still one of your top stars so you got to treat him as such um but you know usual storm stuff usual jeff stuff
5: all in the cage yeah, uh, you know, Paul really kind of said it right there. I mean, it's, it's your normal cage match. There's nothing too overwhelmingly special about it. Um, I, I think for really from what it's worth, I think the fans that are watching this match are more excited about seeing uh Hardy back and just getting a chance to see him do his thing. But besides that, I mean, just really nothing different, you know, so, uh, him winning is the right move. You know, the crowd needs to get behind him. They are behind him. The ones that are there. And I, I really feel like, you know, that's the direction they're going, keeping the, you know, Jeff Hardy strong and making sure he looks like a dominant figure.
4: Also, well, already got, uh, angle lastly too, for next week. So. Yeah. yeah. That's there.
5: So, so. Well, uh, I guess that, man, that wraps up TNA, um, everything involved so man that really kind of wraps up everything that we had planned to do tonight uh a lot of great shows we are so glad we finally got to cover the ones from last week and then we covered of course the ones from this week so um just to let you guys know we are of course going to be talking more about wrestlemania that'll be on uh tomorrow night on sunday night now if you're listening uh sunday during the day sometime you will know uh that we are doing a special uh show it's going to be on sunday night it will be a crossover show though guys it's not just a wrestling to the max show it'll also be a cooperative multiplayer show this is going to have all of us plus all the co-op guys all talking wrestlemania 31 all the things we thought about it we'll be running down the card talk about all the special things that happen and of course then there'll be some video game talk following all that. So, you know, you get two shows in one. It'll be a blast. We're really looking forward to doing it. Uh of course, you know, um it's it's just going one of those special things. Not a whole lot of, you know, uh I guess I would say, you know, hard line things we have to do. It's gonna be a good time. It's just
4: basically us doing a special edition to Review WrestleMania the night mm-hmm. it happened. So you can get our fresh thoughts you don't have to wait till tuesday night wednesday morning for that um which is cool because you don't you get them right then on monday morning you can, it'll be there and you can you can listen to what we think about the show and maybe some of you guys can call in you know and and tell us your thoughts too um or just comment there in the the facebook group post or whatever you know whatever you guys feel like doing um Just, uh, you know, Daniel and Robert are going to come on just to talk about wrestling, and Daniel offered that, you know, we should just make it a crossover show since some of those guys don't always get to be on the games podcast anyway because they're working or school or whatnot. Um, And then Tuesday we'll be back with uh, uh, doing the Raw after WrestleMania, which that one is uh, sometimes uh, almost pay-for-you feeling in itself. And with that crowd and everything, and we'll do the uh, the New Japan Road to Invasion Attack show that they have on the morning of WrestleMania and uh, whatever else is, you know, whatever news has been going on and, and that kind of stuff.
5: Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, we're looking forward to all that. You know, it's been a busy weekend. We're, we are so glad that we got to do this show for you guys. We knew that you wanted to hear... All about all the Lucha Underground, TNA, and, of course, the NXT show from this past week. That's why we did this show, you know, and uh, we're happy to do it for you. So, lots of great stuff coming up. Uh, we do want you guys to definitely enjoy WrestleMania 31. And, uh, you know, that's why we want to make sure we have, you know, have all these shows for you guys. The way that you can contact and you can also let us know what you think about it. So, uh, well, Sean, you want to do some plugs before we hop on out?
4: All right, well, I mean, there really isn't that much to plug uh, this week because I couldn't do co-op multi today because I got home late from work. So that's going to be our regular co-op multi show, which I don't know. It depends on how much we don't cover on Sunday, I guess. Uh, We might have one on Monday afternoon, uh, just me and Mark. Um, And then, uh, yeah, I guess we're we're doing a uh, football-to-football covering – the other uh, U.S. Men's National Team game where they're playing Switzerland, um, and then we we will also be doing our Major League Baseball season preview that Wednesday night, uh, Thursday morning for you on-demand listeners, and then we'll be back on Friday night for our regular football and other soccer stuff uh, going on there. Um, so I mean, and we we already basically plugged the next two W2Ms. So yeah. Uh, I will say that we might have a Last Word on Sports writer on with us to do the New Japan. He's a big... Uh, I told Paul I wish I could get him in there talking with, with him. I, I might see if he'll just be friends with Paul on Facebook because he keeps uh, talking to me about watching Evolve and Dragon Gate and then he watched both the Evolve shows from this weekend and he f- doesn't he doesn't know if he wants to watch it anymore because one show was great and the other one wasn't that great or whatever but um he just floods the lost word on sports uh little chat that we have with various indie things and I always think of Paul when he he goes on and on about it um but I thought it'd be fun to have one of those guys on here since we're, we're part of that whole deal um and it's a fresh face that we get to have on here fresh voice um so I enjoyed having Robert on but again it's always nice to have new people to talk to I just like when we had Christopher and and Anthony on to do the WrestleMania preview. So mm-hmm. apparently, Christopher is even thinking about doing a, his own podcast after being on with us. So
5: oh, that's oh. great! Yeah, definitely. And you know, hey, we we love to hear that. And, you know, encourage people to to let their you know words be heard, and of course, get their opinions out there. So, and of course, uh, you
4: know, you can listen to that Monday night now nah from Fonty on there on his. I really don't know what his YouTube thing is called for it, but go search it on YouTube. It's called Money Night nah, Naw, N-A-W. Uh, if anything, Fonty is hilarious. Yes. That's why you need to listen to that show. Um, And, of course, uh, Mr. Harry Broadhurst, Um, he does another show on that VOC nation called Wrestling Unwrapped, where him and uh, Patrick uh, Kensa, I think is his name, They basically review different DVDs and stuff, like they're doing WrestleMania 2000, or somebody posted, but they did WrestleMania 2000. They gave us a nice little plug on there, so I thought I would return the favor. Um,
5: But yeah, that's uh,
4: all that's changed since the last time, so.
5: All right, guys. Well, don't forget to go and wait, uh, rate and review us. Uh, that always helps us out. Let's, you know, of course, you know, all our different sources know, especially iTunes, know that, hey, you hear us, you're listening, and what you think about the show. Uh, and, of course, you know, we want to make sure that you guys get a chance to let your thoughts be heard. So, uh, well. So we are
4: also, I forgot to mention this. is really small. I forgot to ahead. mention this. But we are, if for some reason you use this service to find podcasts, and you don't use any other service, I wouldn't know why, but apparently a lot of people use it, and I had, I've forgotten about it, but we are now on Blueberry, all the podcasts are on Blueberry, so, if you use that, um, you can find us and review us on there too, tell people about us through there, uh, it has its own app that I, apparently I cannot get to download on my phone, so... (laughs) Uh Oh, (laughs) But yeah, and and all the uh, both co-op multi and football to football are both on player FM now. So I think now all the podcasts are on all the places that they're supposed to be.
5: Great. Uh, So there you go. Awesome, guys. Well, man, we really enjoyed doing the show. We'll be looking forward to hearing from you guys on the post WrestleMania show. What we'll be doing tomorrow night. But until then, if you're not living life to the max.
4: Not living life at all.
5: You know
4: it. Hey.